Next week is Procore Week here at MRN as we get ready for racing at Chicagoland Speedway. This is MRN Classic Races presented by Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. And also brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. The following is a presentation of MRN Radio, celebrating 25 years of great NASCAR coverage. Once each year, the NASCAR Winston Cup Series travels west to the beautiful wine country of Northern California. Located just 25 miles north of the famed Golden Gate Bridge sits the lush Sonoma Valley, home to the Sears Point International Raceway. Sears Point is a twisting 11-turn road circuit that is truly one of America's most demanding. Veteran road racer Wally Dallenbach has qualified the STP Pontiac in seventh starting spot today, and that pleases him, knowing how difficult this track is. When it comes to road Courses, this place uh, definitely uh, takes the cake as far as when you look at a road course and what you look for, it's got it all here. You have, you know, blind corners, you have lefts and rights, you have elevation changes. It's a difficult racetrack uh, to learn. Dallenbach and 43 others have their sights set on victory lane today. From Sonoma, California, the Save Mart 300 next. MRN Radio presents NASCAR Today. Sponsored by Goody's Headache Powders and Pain Relief Tablets, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to one of the most beautiful and romantic portions of this country. We are in Northern California's wine country. The wine country spreading out in front of us for miles upon miles. Some of the hills here of Northern California just punctuating this landscape of the beautiful Sonoma Valley. Today, the NASCAR Winston Cup Series visits for the Save Mart 300, the sixth time that the NASCAR's Winston Cup division has visited this racetrack. 11 twisting turns, as you heard John Andretti say, uphill and downhill. This really is a true test of driver and machine. NASCAR's initial road course race was back in 1954. It was a two-mile track in Linden, New Jersey at the airport. Al Keller was driving a Jaguar that day in a race that was open not only to the Winston Cup regulars, but to anybody driving a foreign car with certain body specifications. Going into that victory, everybody said it was an American race to win, though it was Keller in the Jaguar who won. From those days on, we have advanced through many a road course, most recently through Riverside, California, and now, of course, Watkins Glen and here at Sears Point Raceway on the 1994 NASCAR Winston Cup schedule. Normally at this time on the broadcast, you would have already heard from our senior anchorman, Barney Hall of Elkin, North Carolina, who's been behind these MRN microphones for most every race now for MRN's entire 25 years and even predating that for about seven years prior. But Barney had himself a bit of an accident on the golf course the other day when all the tumbling was done and the golf carts were righted. Barney came up with a cracked bone in his heel. That's exactly why I don't play golf. It's too darn dangerous. But Barney is recovering very nicely at home in Elkin, North Carolina. And Barney, I wish I had a penny for everybody here who's asked how you're doing because everyone in the garage area, many of the fans in the grandstands, concerned about uh, your welfare. And everybody hopes to see Barney Hall back at the racetrack, certainly at Charlotte next week or in just a couple of weeks' time from then. So with all of that said, we get set to bring you the names, the voices, and the faces of the folks who will be participating in today's Safe Mart 300. That's coming up in a moment. 
Welcome back, everyone. We are at Sears Point International Raceway in Sonoma, California, where on Friday afternoon, Bush Pole qualifying was going along pretty much on schedule. Then there was one final qualifier remaining, and that last qualifier, Ernie Irvin of Modesto, California, put his Texaco Haviland Ford on the Bush Pole at 91.514 miles an hour, and Ernie is getting set now to climb aboard a race car, well, a Actually, it's a streetcar painted up like some race cars. It'll be taking him around the speedway to meet the fans. He's ready to go from the pole. With him right now on pit road is Jim Phillips. Third Bush pole of the year for Ernie Irvin, but you had to wait on this, but a long time. Is it hard to sit there and wait as long as you waited, then go out and do the things right? Well, it was probably better to be waiting where I was waiting because I hadn't run yet. So if I'd run that lap earlier and then had to wait to see if anybody's going to beat it, that's tough to do. But, uh, you know, we got, got a good lap in and, um, you know, there's a lot of fast cars out there, but, you know, we just did what we could do. You've won here before. All the drivers I talk to say you're the favorite today. What's it going to take for you to win this race? Could you con all them into, like, kind of letting me win then if I'm the favorite? But uh, I don't know about any favorite, favorites and uh, stuff like that. But the car's running good. The Texaco Avalon Ford has been running good since we got here. And a lot of other good cars, too. There's six or seven cars that are running the same speed, not to mention all the cars that are that are close to that and uh, guys that will be able to, to give us a good run. Well, he's had two wins over the nine races. He's finished in the top five seven times. Ernie Irvin starts and the Bush Pole winner today. This racetrack here in Sonoma, California, has had a love-hate affair with Mark Martin. He's had a couple of very unfortunate runs here in the early years of visiting this racetrack, but at the same time, he finished second here in 1990, third in 1992, and he starts on the front row this afternoon. Winston Kelly has made the trek west to visit with Mark Martin. Mark, the third time on the front row, but just not quite that first bush pole. Did you think you had it there toward the closing cars coming out? No, uh, really, we watched Ernie in practice, and I had kept an eye on him, and he had been faster than us all through practice. And, uh, uh, you know, my guys kind of thought that nobody was going to beat a 39-28, and I just figured if I could go that fast, Ernie could go faster because he had in pra you know, practice gone faster than what we were going. So, uh I expected him to beat us, and I, I was surprised he only beat us what he did. It's kind of been a Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde racetrack for you. You show a 40th finish here and a second. How about today's race? Well, if your car breaks, you're going to finish <laughs> last, you know, and uh, uh, we've, we've had, uh, you know, we've had some problems out here, but we've had a car fast enough to be a contender every time we've raced here. And, uh, you know, when we've not had problems, we've been a top, top three car every time. So uh, it's, uh, it's a great racetrack for us, and uh, uh, that Valvoline team has worked hard this week to put that car back together after uh, me tearing it up for them on Friday. And uh, uh, they got it back together right, good enough to sit on the outside pole. And I'm real proud of them. They've been the heroes this weekend, and I'd like to win this thing for them, you know. Expecting to be a contender this afternoon, Mark Martin starts second. Mark Martin mentioned that he ripped up the front of the car, the Valvoline Ford, in a practice accident here on Friday. It was not a good Friday at all for the Jack Roush teams in general. Ted Musgrave had a problem, so both the cars, the Mark Martin and Musgrave cars, had to be repaired. Michael Wallace had some problems in the Heilig Myers Ford. A number of Winston West drivers had problems as well. One thing, Sears Point might not be the fastest racetrack on the circuit, but it certainly has some turns. It might well be the most treacherous. If you're struggling with a drug or alcohol addiction, now is the time to take action and get professional help. 
Call Recovery Centers of America at 1-800-941-2358. You are worthy of recovery from your addiction, and calling RCA will be the first step in getting the help you need. Recovery Centers of America answers the phone and admits patients 24-7, and because safety is a top priority, all patients and staff are routinely tested for COVID-19. Their expert team of physicians and medical professionals will treat you with compassion and dignity and provide an evidence-based treatment plan that's custom-tailored to your specific needs. Recovery Centers of America has detoxification and residential treatment centers across the East Coast and Midwest, and many of their treatment centers are in-network with insurance providers. So RCA's best-in-class inpatient and outpatient care, which is offered both in-person and via teletherapy, is affordable and accessible. Make this the year you conquer your addiction. Call one 800 941 Today's broadcast of the Save Mart 300 is brought to you under exclusive radio rights granted by the Sears Point International Raceway to MRN Radio solely for the private non-commercial use of our listening audience. Any publication, reproduction, or the use of the description and accounts of this race without the expressed written consent of NASCAR and MRN Radio is prohibited. Pre-race activities continue as we close it on the start of the Save Mart 300. We'll hear from more of the drivers in just a moment. From the Sears Point International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Welcome back to the beautiful Sonoma Valley of California. The NASCAR Winston Cup Series set to go racing in a few moments in the Save Mart 300. We talk about a busy weekend anytime the Winston Cup teams head to a given racetrack. How about if your weekend includes two racetracks in two totally different type of race cars separated by 2,000 miles in the air? Well, that's the kind of weekend that John Andretti is dealing with, the Nazareth, Pennsylvania native who qualified his Indy car eighth quickest yesterday at the Brickyard and is back here today for the Save Mart 300. A little sleepy possibly, but he's set to go. Jim Phillips is with him. Well, yesterday was a great day for him at Indy. 223.263 looks like you're in the Indy 500. Oh, we're definitely in the 500. That makes us feel good. It, this weekend, you know, you're starting off and you're hoping that you're going to make this race and you're hoping the weather's going to hold that up there. And in both places, it looked a little bit close. I'm 38th now because we had to, we stood on our time. And, and in Indianapolis, the weather wasn't cooperating very much, but it all was working out. So somebody's looking out for me. And we're just very glad to be here and look forward to getting back to Indianapolis, get, get the... The car working, the Bryant heating and cooling car working better there and see if we can win that race and try and come to the 600 as the Indy 500 winner. The adjustments you have to make, though, going from such radical race cars and the radical speeds that you're adjusting to this weekend, how do you do that? <laughs> uh, it's, not, it's not that difficult, really, in some ways. Uh, you know, I, I've been changing, driving so many different cars throughout my whole career that jumping from one to another, I've done so, three different kinds of cars in the same day before so you just try to do the best you can and uh, the hard part is probably trying to get them to work all work the same you know because an Indy car doesn't drive the same as a Winston Cup car and so you, you just have to get get them working as good as you can work get them working and then just drive as hard as you can drive. Well he's got his work cut out for him today he's starting 38 to the Save Mark 300. But John Andretti's already had a very successful weekend. Let's pause 10 seconds on MRN radio for station identification. 
Here at Sears Point International Raceway, the track workers, the Sports Car Club of America employees and volunteers now making their way out around this 2.52-mile road course. They assist the NASCAR officials in officiating and taking care of any problems that might crop up in the corners. This has been an interesting racetrack for the Winston Cup drivers. We've been here five times prior to today's race, and there have been five different winners. Ricky Rudd has won, Rusty Wallace, the late Davey Allison, Ernie Irvin, and last year, Jeff Bodine. Is it weekend this time around? Didn't start off all that well, but he's now set to go towards the front if he can get to uh, the traffic working his way. Let's get a thought or two from Jeff Bodine. Well, Jeff's still making his way around this track, but we've caught up with Ken Schrader, who'll start in the eighth position today. Ken is off to his best start in his Winston Cup career this deep into the season. Only 248 points behind leader Ernie Irvin. Kenny, is there anything you can put your finger on that's turned it around this year, made it such a successful season? Well, uh, just a lot of things. I mean, we just we've had a lot of uh, been caught in a lot of bad situations the last couple of years. Stuff happened in front of us. We run into it, and uh, the old cars are handling a little better. And all three teams are working together, and our motor program's good. So, uh, you know, we're building our own cars also. So it's just working better. You've had some good road course runs, including a fourth here last year. How about today's race? Well, we're looking forward to it. Uh, you know, we didn't qualify quite as good as we wanted, and that, that was driver error there. But uh, this place, you got to be around all day and stay on the track, so we'll just see what happens. 35 drivers behind him that would have liked to have qualified as good as Ken Schrader did. He'll roll off eight this afternoon. Ken Schrader, you talk about road racing advancement. He has three straight top tens here at Sears Point and a fifth last year at Watkins Glen, but this really is, as Winston said, an outstanding start to the season, not since June 9th of 1991 has Ken Schrader been so high in the point standings this deep into the season. In 1993, Wally Dallenbach earned more points on road courses than any other Winston Cup driver. He's a two-time Trans Am Series champ, and he's qualified seventh for today's race. Let's get his pre-race thoughts. Wally, is today your best chance to pick up your first Winston Cup race ever? I really think so. Um, we're looking forward to this race. I think we've got a good race car. If we can just keep our nose clean and, and be there at the finish, I think we can wear them down. You talk to the other drivers about this first lap. It's always very hairy, the first lap. No, I get, we got a bunch of good guys up here, and um, I believe they all know what to do. That first corner, second corner is really tough to get through, and I think if we can just keep it clean the first lap, you know, we'll get through there safely and go racing. Well, he's confident he can pick up his first win today for the STP Pontiac crew. So Wally Donnellback starts seventh in the field of 43. There were three Winston Cup Series regulars who failed to qualify, along with a handful of Winston West campaigners. Of the Winston Cup regulars, Jimmy Hensley is on his way home the Ridgeway, Virginia. Dick Trickle failed to qualify, and likewise, Loy Allen, who has set on a couple of push poles already this year, he failed to qualify for this Save Mart 300. Of those who are in the field, Gary Collins of Bakersfield, California, the winner of the Winston West season opener. He's in the Venable racing Ford. He starts 43rd. Greg Sachs of Mattituck, New York, has the U.S. Air Ford in 42nd. 41st, Chuck Bowne of Portland, Oregon, the real-life Ford Thunderbird. Steve Grissom out of Gadsden, Alabama, was here at the road racing school last week. He has the Diamond Ridge Racing Chevrolet in 40th. 39th is Dave Marcus of Wausau, Wisconsin, the STG Chevrolet. 14th is John Andretti from Nazareth, Pennsylvania. That's the Financial World Save March Chevrolet. He'll go 38th. 37th is Hutch Strickland of Calera, Alabama. 
Alabama, the Smoke and Joe Racing Chevrolet. Rick Corelli of Denver, Colorado has qualified for his first Winston Cup race of the year. That's the Total Petroleum Chevrolet. He'll start 36th. 35th, Mike Chase of Bakersfield, California. He won the Winston West stop at Tucson, Arizona just a week ago. That's the Star Race Computers Chevrolet. John Krebs, the Winston West Point leader out of Roseville, California, has the Diamond Ridge Chevrolet in 34th. 33rd, uh, 33rd is Darrell Waltrip of Franklin, Tennessee. That's the Western Auto Chevy. DW has five road course wins here in California, all coming in Riverside. 32nd is Joe Nimichek of Lakeland, Florida, the Meineke Chevrolet. 31st, Todd Bodine from Chemung, New York, the factory stores Ford. 30th starter, Bobby Hamilton of Nashville, Tennessee. That's the Kendall Pontiac. Lake Speed of Jackson, Mississippi. Off to a great start this year. Has the quality care Ford in 29th. 28th, Mike Wallace of St. Louis, Missouri. He tested out here last week. That's the Heilig Myers Ford. Ward Burton of South Boston, Virginia has the Hardy's Chevrolet in 27th. 26th, last year's winner, Jeff Bodine of Chemung, New York, the XI Batteries Ford. 25th, Jimmy Spencer of Berwick, Pennsylvania, the McDonald's Ford. 24th is Rick Mast of Rockbridge Baths, Virginia, the Skoll Classic Ford. Brett Bodine from Chemung, New York has the Quaker State Ford in 23rd. 22nd, Bobby Labonte, backed up by four members of the San Francisco 49ers in his pit area today. He's from Corpus Christi, Texas, in the Maxwell House Ford, rather the Maxwell House Pontiac, I should say. And Jeff Burton of South Boston, Virginia, has the Ray Bestis Brakes Ford in 21st. 20th is Dale Jarrett of Conover, North Carolina, the Interstate Batteries Chevrolet. Morgan Shepard from Conover, North Carolina, has the Sitco Ford in 19th. 18th is Ron Hornaday, Jr. from Palmdale, California. That's the Spears Motorsports Chevrolet. 17th, Derek Cope of Spanaway, Washington, the Finger Hut Ford. Harry Gant, who begins his farewell tour today. This is the first track that Harry visits for the final time in his career. He's from Taylorsville, North Carolina in the Skull Bandit. 15th is Ted Musgrave of Franklin, Wisconsin, the Family Channel Ford. Butch Gilliland of Anaheim, California, the best qualifier among the West Coast regulars. That's his own Chevrolet in 14th. 13th, Sterling Marlin of Columbia, Tennessee, the Kodak Film Chevrolet. Rusty Wallace of St. Louis, Missouri has the Miller Genuine Draft Ford in 12th. And 11th is Bill Elliott of Dawsonville, Georgia, the Budweiser Ford All Thunderbird. Right, gentlemen, start your engines. And with that command, the engines roar to life as the field now gets set to take its pace laps here at Sears Point. Here's the top 10, Kyle Petty of Randleman, North Carolina, the mellow yellow Pontiac. He'll go 10th. Ninth is Michael Waltrip of Owensboro, Kentucky, the Pennzoil Pontiac. Eighth starter, Ken Schrader of Fenton, Missouri, the Kodiak Chevrolet. Wally Dallenbach of Basalt, Colorado has the STP Pontiac in seventh. Sixth is Jeff Gordon, originally from out here in Vallejo, California. The DuPont Automotive finishes Chevrolet. Fifth is Terry Labonte of Corpus Christi, Texas, the Kellogg's Chevrolet. Dale Earnhardt of Kannapolis, North Carolina, has the GM Goodwrench Chevrolet starting fourth. Third is Ricky Rudd of Chesapeake, Virginia, the Tide Ford. And on the front row, a couple of gentlemen from whom we've already heard. Mark Martin of Batesville, Arkansas, the Valvoline Ford outside of row number one. And on the bush pole, Ernie Irvin of Modesto, California. His qualifying effort of 91.514 miles an hour. He got around this racetrack in one minute, 39.132 seconds, and that's the 43-car starting field for today's Safe Mart 300. NASCAR Today is produced by MRN Radio and sponsored by Goodies Headache Powders and Pain Relief Tablets, the official pain reliever of NASCAR. From the Sears Point International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. 
If you're struggling with a drug or alcohol addiction, now is the time to take action and get professional help. Call Recovery Centers of America at 1-800-941-2358. You are worthy of recovery from your addiction, and calling RCA will be the first step in getting the help you need. Recovery Centers of America answers the phone and admits patients 24-7, and because safety is a top priority, all patients and staff are routinely tested for COVID-19. Their expert team of physicians and medical professionals will treat you with compassion and dignity and provide an evidence-based treatment plan that's custom-tailored to your specific needs. Recovery Centers of America has detoxification and residential treatment centers across the East Coast and Midwest, and many of their treatment centers are in-network with insurance providers. So RCA's best-in-class inpatient and outpatient care, which is offered both in-person and via teletherapy, is affordable and accessible. Make this the year you conquer your addiction. Call 1-800-941-2358. 800-941-2358. M-R-N. Radio presents the NASCAR Winston Cup Series. Today, the Save Mart 300. Sponsored by Pontiac, the official pace car of NASCAR. 23 years running. Pontiac, we are driving excitement. By Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. By STP, makers of STP Super Concentrated Fuel Injector Cleaner. STP, drive a better car. By Anheuser-Busch, brewers of smooth bush beer and easy drinking bush life. By Unical and your local 76 dealers who invite you to go with the spirit of 76. And by Heilig Myers Furniture. At Heilig Myers, we furnish America. Welcome back, everybody. Sears Point International Raceway under overcast skies today. 43 of the top NASCAR Winston Cup and Winston West teams set to go racing for a total of 74 laps, 187 miles. As we said earlier, this is mileage-wise the shortest race on the NASCAR Winston Cup Series, but it's also in many respects its most demanding, and we're happy you're with us today in Sonoma. I'm Eli Gold. Barney Hall taking this weekend off. Hopefully rejoins us again next week in Charlotte. We've got, however, the rest of the MRN crew positioned all around this rolling countryside here in the Sonoma Valley to follow this 11-turn twisting road course and the NASCAR Winston Cup Save Mart 300. As the cars come by this pit road area here at the start-finish line, there is one thing that immediately jumps out at you. Pit Road is able to accommodate far fewer cars than the 43 starters that we have in the race today. Consequently, the inside portion of the racetrack, which is normally home to the NHRA, the National Hot Rod Association, when they come out and run here in late July, well, much of that area, the staging area, if you will, for the drag racers has now been converted into an auxiliary Winston Cup pit area. And Jim Phillips, it puts those teams at an advantage in one respect, but NASCAR is going to make sure they don't get too much of an advantage on everybody. Yes, they are, Eli. There's nine teams that's inside of this racetrack between each part of this racetrack that will come out of the pits and probably could beat every one of these teams on this side after they get their work done. But after they pit, they will be assessed a 12-second penalty to make it even or as even as they can get it here this afternoon. Uh, used to be here at uh, Sonoma, when uh, at Sears Point Raceway, they would pit the cars on the garage area side. But this time, they're on the inside, nine teams in there that will be assessed a 12-second penalty every time they pit. 
And what's going to make it easier for those cars to get to their pit stall, obviously, is the fact that they can come off turn number 11, a hard right-hand turn, and just stay on the inside perimeter of the racetrack. They don't have to go nearly as far to their pit stall as do the teams who have to go to the outside of turn number 11 and swing towards the conventional pit road. So NASCAR has mandated that penalty in time to make things as basically as even as possible. Why don't we take you around this racetrack now, 2.52 miles around. Here at the start-finish line with the Winston Cup Series bridge spanning over this main straightaway, the cars will go roughly 150 to 200 yards past the start-finish line and make turn number one a hard left turn that begins taking them uphill through this California countryside. They will eventually continue that climb towards the top of the hill and turn number two, where, as we have seen in years past, the track gets narrow and many teams have had a number of problems over the years. Joel Moore of Hampton, Virginia is there as he has been for the last five visits out here. Thanks, Eli. One of the most uh, difficult parts of turn two is the fact that when you're coming up the hill you really can't see what's ahead of you. Once you get to the top of the hill, then it's a hard right-hander across a little bit of a bump here on the track horse and then downhill to turn three. Turn three is a left-hander which takes you, I guess you could call it up and around, kind of goes around a hill here before you enter turn four. Half of this particular little shoot goes uphill, the other half goes downhill. Turn four, a hard hairpin to the right, and that takes you straight back downhill to the entrance of what we call the carousel. The carousel, though, is anything but an amusement park ride for these Winston Cup and Winston West drivers. It's a demanding portion of the racetrack with braking and shifting, and you basically run out of hands and feet trying to get through the carousel correctly. Fred Armstrong from Portland, Oregon, is way up in the sky atop a scissored lift looking down upon the carousel. And swaying back and forth as the wind begins to whip over the top of the hills of Sonoma here. This is a high-speed roller coaster for the drivers out here. After they come down and make that turn number five corner, it's a hard right-hand turn. They're going to go up about 30 feet in the air, and it's a very rapid rise to the top of a hill. Then they're going to descend about 40 feet down through the carousel. Hard left-hand, 180-degree sweeping turn that, for the most part, will tend to want to throw the race car to the outside of the racetrack. So the drivers will have to struggle to get it down to the inside and hold the groove. This is a good passing area, also a good area to set up for the pass. If the guy in front of you is a little loose and moves out, you can get your nose in there and make the pass down the straightaway. We'll cover all the action on the outside, 30 feet in the air at the carousel. When the teams exit the carousel, they will eventually make a hard left turn go beneath the Hoosier Bridge, which is on the runoff area of the NHRA drag strip that runs right up the middle of Sears Point. At the head end of that drag strip, up near the S's, is Alan Bestwick of Daytona Beach, Florida. Position just outside what is known as Turn 7 here at Sears Point, Eli. It's a hard 180-degree right-hand turn. You go completely back around the other way, and it's one of the very best places to pass on this corner because it's a transition spot from one of the fastest parts of the racetrack to one of the slowest parts of the racetrack. That runoff area from the NHRA drag strip is a high speed, high gear straightaway. Then you come up, you make a little tiny kink to the left and stomp on the brake, shift from fourth to third to second, slow all the way down almost as slow as you'll get on this course to make that right hand hairpin turn. If you can outbreak someone getting into this corner, you can pick up a couple of spots. Coming through the S's, you'll eventually begin a bit of a downhill swing towards the eventual far end of this race course layout. They'll go beneath that Hoosier Bridge yet again, but on the outside of the bridge this time, directly beneath the feet of Dan Hubbard of Anaheim, California. The S's are a very treacherous part here at Sears Point International Raceway. It's a left-right, left-right combination. And the reason it's treacherous is because while the drivers are seesawing back and forth on the wheel, they're also going slightly downhill, so they're constantly gathering speed. 
speed. So the Winston Cup driver literally slides the car from the left to the right, gathering speed all the way down to the end of the S's, where he's doing better than 130 miles an hour. Now, it's very treacherous because to the driver's left, there's solid dirt embankment. To the driver's right, a tire wall and a guardrail. There is no margin for error. It's very fast, it's tough to pass, and it's easy to make a mistake. That's the S's here at Sears Point International. Then as you leave the S's, the downhill continues beneath the Winston Cup Series bridge behind the grandstands here in the main viewing area at the start-finish line. It's a straight shot, albeit a high-speed shot, to turn number 11 where you really stand on the brakes. And it is under braking that we have seen a number of the top teams manage to pass in turn 11, which is really a high-speed hairpin which swings you all the way back around in front of this main pit area and eventually back to the start-finish line and once more more that climb up the hill through turns one up to where Joel Moore described his area a short while ago. So that's the tour of Sears Point International Raceway. Far slower than we'll be taking it here in just about 15 seconds. The pole sitter, Ernie Irvin. Remember, he started second here previously, but back in 1992 was black flagged for jumping the start of the race. He had to go to the rear of the field and came all the way back to win it. Today, Elmo Langley pulls the Ford safety car out of harm's way. Green flag is in the, ear, in the air, and quickly Ernie Irvin through the gearbox holds the inside groove against Mark Martin. Ricky Rudd holds third. Then it's Labonte getting shuffled out of fourth. Earnhardt passes him with Wally Dallenbach on the move to the inside, uphill to turn two. Dallenbach works the inside line, holds it tight there on the inside of the racetrack, and will continue the battle coming down to the short shoot into turn three. It's Ernie Irvin up front by three or four car lengths. Mark Martin next in line. Dale Earnhardt trying to take a shot underneath Ricky Rudd. Was not able to do that. He'll fall back in line in fourth. Fifth is Labonte, and sixth now is Dallenbach. Three fourths are going to show the way down the hill, setting up for the right-hander, the black four of Ernie Irvin. Now give him about four car lengths. There's Martin back in the second spot. Rudd is third. Everybody single file back through about the top 19 cars as they all scramble to the inside of the sweeper down onto the straightaway. Ernie Irvin now up through the gearbox for the first time into fourth and high gears. He comes up the straightaway the little left-hand jog and now hard on the brakes. Single file all the way back through about the first 12 cars. It is Bill Elliott putting a move on Sterling Marlin to pick up a spot there. Ernie Irvin revving the motor as he jams it back in gear and heads down the hill for the first time. Ernie Irvin attacks the S's for the first time, opens up a lead of about six car lengths. It's one long Winston Cup snake making its way through the hills of Sonoma Valley. Irvin really opening up the lead over Mark Martin, Ricky Rudd, though close in third as the competitors duck underneath the Winston Cup bridge. So everybody now chasing Ernie Irvin for the first time as he'll now downshift just a bit into turn number 11. Each driver will shift roughly 12 times during the two and a half mile tour of the speedway. Multiply that by the number of laps, 74, and you've got a busy day for the drivers through turn 11. Here comes Ernie Irvin. He's got eight car lanes now. Further back, the man on the move, Michael Waltrip. He'll tuck to the inside of Ken Schrader while the front five and six and seven cars pull away. Schrader comes battling back and holds off the challenge of Michael Waltrip. Kyle Cuddy likewise. The leader's now all the way up the hill, chasing Ernie Irvin. Front seven cars, single file again. Ernie Irvin continues to build on that lead. He stretches it out to nearly ten car lengths. Back to the battle for eighth. Ken Schrader successful in holding off Michael Waltrip. Kyle Petty also had an idea of trying to make a dip down to the inside to bypass. Now a challenge for third. Earnhardt goes to the inside in turn four. Alongside Ricky Rudd, and Earnhardt gets the third spot. He'll shuffle back in line as he heads down into turn number five, but all this scrambling behind has given Irvin now a 10-car length advantage. Here's Irvin to the inside of the sweeper. He'll head 40 feet.
feet down the hill onto the straightaway. Everybody behind all settling into line as they head down the straightaway. Mark Martin continuing to run second with Earnhardt now third. Ricky Rudd is fourth. Terry Labonte is fifth. Wally Dallenback runs sixth with Jeff Gordon seventh. Ken Schrader is eighth. Michael Waltrip is ninth. Kyle Petty is tenth. He's going to try and get ninth away from Michael Waltrip on the inside of turn number seven. Tries to force Waltrip wide as the Battle of Pontiacs heads down the hill toward the S's. Still side by side. Now Waltrip pulls it back out. Waltrip to find defend his position. Gets a couple of tires off the track. Michael Waltrip really clipping the curbs here. Kyle Petty does the same. Petty all over the back of Waltrip as the two Pontiacs go underneath the Winston Bridge. Those cars running 9th and 10th ahead of Rusty Wallace in 11th. Bill Elliott is 12th. 13th, the Sterling Marlin. Derek Cope 14th. Then Musgrave 15th. Morgan Shepard runs in the 16th spot as everybody goes now towards turn number 11. 17th spot. They'll have the Mike Chase automobile ahead of Harry Gant. Rick Corelli's car also trying to work its way up, but the leaders quickly pass the start-finish line as the field spreads out in a hurry. Ernie Irvin beneath the Autolite Bridge begins the climb through turn number one with a 15-car length lead on Mark Martin. Irvin cuts the corner, coming through turn number two, swings it wide now to the outside of the course and downhill to turn number three. Mark Martin is beginning to feel some heat from Dale Earnhardt after getting by Ricky Rudd. Earnhardt has really chopped out the distance on Mark Martin. That would be the second-place battle. For now, they'll go single file. Rudd back and forth. Dolan back in fifth, Terry Labonte sixth, then Jeff Gordon in seventh. Everybody goes single file down to the carousel. That Ford Chevy Duel heads down the hill. Now back up 30 feet as they climb to the crest and they set up for the carousel. Here's Earnhardt. He'll peek to the inside, but nothing doing there. Mark Martin covers a spot. Now Earnhardt gets two car lengths on Martin as Martin's car breaks loose a bit in the corner and heads out of the straightaway. Ernie Irvin really showing some strength early on in the race as he continues to try and pull away. For now, Mark Martin's advantage on Dale Earnhardt resting at about two car lengths, but Earnhardt a little later on the break than Martin into seventh. Martin goes wide. Earnhardt tries to shove the nose underneath. Doesn't have enough room as Martin slams the door. They head down the hill. Earnhardt has never won at a road course, and you know he wants a victory here today. He puts the pressure on Mark Martin. Martin looked a little loose here through turn eight on the S's. Martin just slightly on the ragged edge there, and Earnhardt's going to take advantage as they go through turn nine. Unscheduled pit stop here in the early going. Gary Collins is on the pit lane, the driver from Bakersfield, California, whose family operates the Mesa Marin Raceway in Bakersfield, winning the Winston West season opener. He'll not win today as he's on pit road at lap number three. Through turn number 11, here comes Ernie Irvin back to the start-finish line. We'll get the interval for you as he continues to pull away. Behind him, that second-place battle has evaporated. Martin pulls off by a dozen car lanes from Earnhardt. It's already two and one-tenth seconds the lead for Irvin. First battle will be for the fourth position. Wally Dallenbach now is sneaking up on the rear deck of the Ricky Rudd car. Topping the hill in turn number two, and Dallenbach looking for a chance to get by. First he'll peek to the outside of Rudd. Can't make the move there, so he'll fall back in line and go single file for turns two and three. Close quarters racing in the turn 11 area. Dale Jarrett just spun moments ago. Everybody else managing to avoid him. He was running in the 19th spot. Close call there for Dale Jarrett as we pick up the leaders on the course. Ernie Irvin with about 10 car lengths now. Here comes a battle for second again. Earnhardt's on the move. He puts his black Chevrolet right down to the bottom of the racetrack. But the Ford of Mark Martin tucks all the way into the grass and blocks him off in the carousel. Last lap by here at turn number seven. Earnhardt managed to force Mark Martin wide but couldn't quite get the pass done. Now Martin drops the right side wheels off the pavement. Earnhardt flashes by as Martin needs a second to gather the car up. So Earnhardt to second, Martin third, Rudd fourth, and a change for fifth. Wally Dallenbach under braking, slides underneath Terry Labonte and grabs a spot. It looks like your classic battle of horsepower versus handling, and Earnhardt had the horsepower to get the job done. Now he sets his sights on Ernie Irvin. Earnhardt in second has got about 15 car lengths before he catches the leader. 
So the field now works beneath the Winston Cup Series bridge. Lap number four about to go up on the board. Ernie Irvin continues to lead as he has since the beginning. As we mentioned moments ago, Dale Jarrett with a scary moment in turn 11. But a good tip of the hat to the brothers Bodine as Brett and Jeff both managed to avoid him. While Gary Collins has now parked his car on the NHRA drag strip area. He is at Freightliner.com. Freightliner. Run smart. Here at Sears Point, it's a long way around under caution for the field to come back to make their pit stop. So as they follow the safety car, Peter Moore, the creative director for Adidas America, has joined us here in the booth. Great to see you, and great to see you folks involved in Winston Cup Racing as an associate sponsor on Todd Bodine's car. It's been a, a very popular association. Hey, it's been really exciting for us. I mean, this is our first exposure, obviously, and, and it's a thrill to be here. It's a thrill to be with factory stores, and it's... Uh, We've never done this before, but I think we're going to get into it. I think companies such as Adidas and many others are, are realizing, as you just look from our vantage point here, out across uh, thousands and th thousands of people here, uh, this is your market. These are the folks who go out to the local stores and buy the Adidas products. Hey, believe me, I've been looking at a lot of feet here, and I can see a lot of our products and a lot of other people's products. So this is a marketplace we're interested in. There's no question about it. And you got a good boy with Todd Bodine uh, carrying your colors, too. Hey, it's exciting, and I enjoy he and his wife. Uh, we had dinner last night, and they're, they're a great couple, and I, I think he's going to do something real exciting in this deal. Well, Peter, great to see you here today. Enjoy the afternoon, and, and thanks so much for your involvement in the sport. Hey, thank you. Peter Moore with us from Adidas America, their creative director. Here come the lead cars now, finally through turn 11. It's almost a four-minute trek under caution around Sears Point. The crews now finally paused atop the pit wall, ready to jump across. Here comes Ernie Irvin screeching to a stop. The crew going to work, Norman Kojimi and everybody else waiting and looking. They'll not go to the gas can quite yet. They'll change right side tires. Now put the gas can in once the cars come down off the right side jacks. And Jim Phillips, things happen just a bit opposite from the norm here at Sears Point. Yes, it does. And Dale Earnhardt is the first car off right in front of me. Wallace down the back right after him. Then Terry Labonte and Rusty Wallace. Jeff Gordon comes out of the pit lane. Here comes Sterling Marlin. Jenny Schrader off the pit lane. And Bill Elliott all with these cars with four tires and gasoline. We expect all day today that these tires will get cars will get four tires and the gasoline. Winston Kelly. Jeff Bodine pitting on the very end of pit road. The first car in and out. Morgan Shepard the first car back up toward turn number one. The second car. Shepard was followed by Harry Gant. Then Jeff Burton Bobby Labonte all getting four tires and gasoline along with Rick Mass. Brett Bodine a good stop along with Jimmy Spencer. Bobby Hamilton Todd Bodine, Daryl Waltrip, Joe Nemechek, and Mike Wallace all getting four tires in gasoline. Dale Earnhardt leads the race off pit road. Mark Martin second. Ernie Irvin comes out third. Ricky Rudd fourth. Wally Dallin back fifth. Jeff Gordon came off pit road in sixth. Rusty Wallace seventh. Eighth now. Coming off the pit lane will be Terry Labonte, ninth Kyle Petty, and rounding out the top ten, Ken Schrader, 11th off the pit road, Sterling Marlin, 12th is Derek Culp, 13th Jeff Bodine, Morgan Shepard was 14th, 15th now Bill Elliott, followed by the Michael Waltrip and Harry Gant cars, that's your uh, top 15 or so, coming off the pit lane. Dale Earnhardt, superb pit service again, and is it tough, Dale, making sure that you and the fellas don't get lazy? I mean, you've done this so many years, you've run so well, is it tough making sure nobody gets lazy? Well, it is, but uh, still, that's the big, I think the strength of this team is preparation and, uh, you know, trying to look ahead and, and take the mistakes and the problems and fix them and, and, and capitalize on them instead of, you know, worrying or, or, or tearing yourself down over it. Uh, they do. They, they, they 
prepare well, they, they work hard at the shop and, and, and try to plan and try to make sure every piece is bulletproof. And that's hard to do with a race car. There's so many pieces and things that work on a race car that that you have to watch your product, uh, material changes in your products. Uh, you go get one off the shelf, it looks just like the one you used last week, but it's it's different because the material's changed in it, so you got to test all that stuff. So, you know, the guys, they, the preparation side of it's the big key here. Thoughts of Dale Earnhardt, who has taken the lead now, coming off the pit lane after exquisite pit service from the Flying Aces. By the way, want to pass along the thought that uh, Clay Earls is in the hospital, has undergone some surgery. The owner and founder of the Martinsville Speedway is doing well, should be out of the intensive care unit, we're told, in the next couple of days. And anybody who might want to uh, send a card to Clay Earls at the Memorial Hospital of Martinsville in Henry County, I'm sure he'd be very, very happy uh, to hear from you. And hey, by the way, folks, you might want to write down this number. You can put your favorite driver in the running for McDonald's All-Star Race Team. You can call 1-900-370-1995. The voting begins May the 28th, another 13 days from today. It's 95 cents a minute. The average call is two minutes in length, and you've got to be 18 years of age or over. 1-900-370-1995 to put your favorite driver in the running for the McDonald's All-Star Race Team. Ernie Irvin led the first 11 laps. Dale Earnhardt takes the lead at lap number 12 as we are set to go back to green. The field gets the one-to-go signal, not here at the start-finish line because of that four-minute caution lap, but instead out of turn number seven. So they get a half-lap notice that they're going back to green, and here they come to the stripe. Green flag is in the air, and the leader, Dale Earnhardt, quickly tries to get around some of the slower cars. He'll move to the outside of John Krebs. He'll leave Dave Marcus behind, but here comes Ernie Irvin closing in on Earnhardt as they climb the hill. Earnhardt cut the path by those slower cars, and Ernie Irvin followed through the very same way, so now those two are the front two cars. Next in line, the lap car of John Krebs. Then it's Mark Martin and Ricky Rudd. Wally Dallenbach ducking down low to clear himself of Dave Marcus. He'll bring along Jeff Gordon and Rusty Wallace. Through turn four now, they head downhill. Ernie Irvin within shot of Dale Earnhardt, the race leader. Irvin's black Ford takes a look to the inside, but the Chevrolet of Earnhardt is strong. Here they come into the carousel turn. Earnhardt tucks it right down onto the grass, puts a left wheel out, and now Irvin looks to the outside as they swing off the carousel down onto the straightaway. We'll see how long it takes Irvin to get back around Earnhardt. He was so strong in the first segment of the race. Here they come up the hill under the bridge, now down to the bottom of turn number seven. Hard under braking. Irvin goes to the outside. Earnhardt protects the inside. Irvin tries the outside. As Earnhardt puts the block, Irvin tries to dive low and get back inside side of him. They'll go single file down the hill. Earnhardt is such a tough driver to pass to begin with. Now he's going to be even tougher right after the pit stop. Earnhardt gets a couple of wheels off onto the curbing and again Ernie Irvin is so much cleaner through the S's as he chases Earnhardt through those S's. He's still pressuring but Earnhardt all over the road. Irvin well under control. But Dale Earnhardt has 10 top 10s in 12 Winston Cup road races. So even though you might not mention him as a top road racer he really is and that's one thing that kind of sticks in his craw. He says hey I'm as good as most of these guys. For some reason, I don't get the call. Now under heavy braking through turn number 11. Irvin tried to make the inside move. Couldn't pull it off. Earnhardt holds off the challenge as we check in the garage area with Winston Kelly. Lake Speed sitting behind the wall. Lake, what happened out there? Car just wheel hop going into the carousel there, and I couldn't get it back under me, and it got off in the grass, and that was it. 
Heavy damage to the right side of the car. It's pushed in between the front and rear wheels. The rear bumper section is pulled entirely off. We can see all the way into the fuel cell on the Quality Care Ford. They're getting it repaired. Donnie Wingo and the crew, he'll return to the race. The leaders are in the carousel. Ford Chevy Duel now coming up to the top of the hill. Here's Earnhardt to the bottom of the hill, making the hard right-hand turn number five. And Irvin is there, looks to the inside. No room to make the pass this time. Now make it about three feet for Earnhardt on the entrance of the carousel. Again, Dale Earnhardt using the left tire on the inside of the racetrack. Sticks it right down low, blocks off Irvin. They'll head to the straightaway. Drag race up to the top of the hill for Earnhardt. And Irvin, Earnhardt pulls him by about a half a car length. Here's Irvin again, hard on the brakes, trying the outside. Earnhardt crowds him just a little bit. Center of the corner now. Irvin once again trying to press on that outside move. Earnhardt takes up all the track. Irvin tries to slide back to the inside. Ernie Irvin just hammering on the rear end there of Dale Earnhardt, but Earnhardt able to maintain about a car length advantage. And the pit stop has made a difference to Mark Martin's car. He looks much smoother, much cleaner through the S's, and is able to put some distance between himself and fourth place Ricky Rudd. Lake Speed has returned to the racetrack. He is four laps down after chatting with Winston Kelly as the lead cars work down that straightaway towards turn number 11. That's a hard right-hander under heavy braking. Still Earnhardt with Irvin trying him to the outside this time after peeking inside moments ago. It didn't work the last time. It won't work this time by at lap 16. Here at Sears Point International Raceway, a full course caution has happened. Two separate incidents, one in turn number 11 where Bobby Labonte spin, uh, spun, rather, but everybody else managed to avoid, but a much more major incident now in turn number five. Maybe this is the day that Lake Speed might have wanted to stay in bed. A big crash in turn number four or five, I should say, as both cars, Lake Speeds and Derek Copes came down the hill. That is a very, very high acceleration area. It's a tight turn and very difficult to hold the race car on the racetrack, and for those two drivers, it was a real, real hard crash into the outside retaining wall. It looks like Lake Speed and Derek Cope were, were scrambling for position. Both cars got off the racetrack. They slammed into the tire barrier and, and make that John Krebs's car now as he comes into our view. It was another blue and red car looking exactly like Speed's Krebs car flying all the way out of the racetrack, but down into a ditch area. There's a safety ditch just on the outside, and the ditch did its job. Both cars have been stopped. The uh, Krebs car is down to the inside of the ditch. Cope's car is kind of precariously up up uh, on top of the uh, of, a, of a barrier that's between that and the ditch, and now we see Derek Cope climbing out of his car. Derek Cope is okay, but a major crash in turn number five. John Krebs' car literally just took off and went airborne, not uh, due to the high speed, but when it hit the tire barrier, it was kind of launched, but after it did one little somersault, it came down on its tires in that ditch area that you heard Fred Armstrong telling you about. But we are under caution here for the second time this afternoon. Ward Burton is also in the garage area. The Hardys team has been there for the last four laps. Let's get an update there. Ward, an early afternoon for you. The crew's still working on the car. What's the problem? Uh, we had a rear end gear leaking yesterday, and I don't think we got it fixed. Uh, car wasn't running too bad. You know, Hardy's crew and I, we learned a lot in a short period of time, but of course we didn't learn enough, and uh, we're sitting here in the sideline now. After starting 27th, Ward Burton behind the wall in the Hardy Chevrolet. So Ward Burton is in the garage area. Gary Collins with clutch problems today. Derek Cope and John Krebs. And Fred Armstrong, when you come downhill through that portion of the racetrack, the track automatically throws you wide. And actually, that's where Derek Cope and John Krebs first got together. It's a, it's an elevation change. And you're just, just prior to going uphill there. The, the track wants to twist you to the outside. The cars must uh, want to go to the outside of the racetrack because everybody takes that corner very wide. It's very difficult to get to the inside. And again, it's a high-speed corner just before 
before you go up the elevator shaft to the top of a 30-foot hill. A very, very tricky part of the racetrack. And again, Derek Cope has climbed from his car. He's now climbing into a safety vehicle. Uh, John Krebs's car, uh, again, safely on the inside of the racetrack, down on the inside of the ditch, and we'll wait to get an update there. Krebs did take a wild ride, though, as he came together with Derek Cope. The cars uh, basically veered off to the right. They touched, and that's what launched Krebs over the tire barrier. Eli, it then went barrel rolling a couple of times before it stopped in that little valley that Fred was telling you about. Eli, let's just give an update from a different perspective. Looking down from turn seven, I can see that John Krebs is out of his car, and he's fine and okay but a wild ride down the hill. Well, that's certainly good news. The name Krebs, of course, goes way back in NASCAR racing. John's dad, Art Krebs, was for years a NASCAR Winston Cup Series inspector involved with engines and so on, and uh, uh, always a very popular man in the garage area, and glad to hear that John is okay, but that was a scary ride for both men, particularly for John Krebs. Here come the leaders now through turn 11, working the 19th lap as uh, Krebs, okay, just sits down on the banking alongside this race track and is waiting for the ambulance to come by to give him the ride to the infield care center. Let's wait and see whether any of these teams elect to make pit stops at this stage. Of course, the most recent series of pit stops came just a handful of laps ago. And by the way, for those of you who are joining us from the outset of the broadcast, remember us telling you about how uh, eight or nine teams are having to pit on the inside of the racetrack and the drag strip area? Well, the 12-second uh, time penalty has worked out just correctly after much experimentation yesterday by the NASCAR officials. They uh, had uh, here in the race today teams going into that pit area and coming out in basically the exact same order in the overall rundown. So that 12-second time penalty has proven out to be uh, the true equalizer there. So that's what's happening as we work under caution lap number 20. Let's give you an update. Average speed, 79.676 miles an hour. Ernie Irvin led uh, now twice for a total of 15 laps. We are in the midst of our second caution period, the fifth lap of caution currently underway. Three lead changes with 40 cars still on the lead lap of the 43 who started the race today. The leader is Ernie Irvin. Dale Earnhardt runs in the second spot. Third is Mark Martin. Ricky Rudd is fourth. Wally Dallenbach is fifth. Sixth, Rusty Wallace. Seventh now, Terry Labonte with Jeff Gordon eighth. Kyle Petty ninth and Ken Schrader tenth. Eleventh is the Jeff Bodine car. Another super run for Jeff still underway. Twelfth, Sterling Marlin. Kyle Petty runs in the uh, 13th spot, or correct myself, 13th now will be Morgan Shepard. 14th position, Bill Elliott, and 15th is Ted Musgrave. 16th, Michael Waltrip. Harry Gant runs 17th. 18th is Brett Bodine, 19th now. They'll post the Jimmy Spencer automobile. And 20th, Darrell Waltrip. 21st is Jeff Burton. 22nd is Ron Hornaday, Jr. Rick Mast runs 23rd. 24th is Dale Jarrett. 25th, Bobby Hamilton. 26th is Todd Bodine. 27th position here under caution is Joe Nimichek with 28th belonging to Rick Corelli. 29th now is John Andretti in the top 30 rounds out with Dave Marcus. And as the field gets the one-to-go signal, let's remind you that this mid-race update has been brought to you by Sports Image, the officially licensed supplier of Dale Earnhardt, Richard Childress Racing, and GM Goodwrench Racing Souvenirs. And by the way, as the temperature heats up, look for the new Dr. Dale's suntan lotion and Dr. Dale's cooling lotion because summer is here. And Dr. Dale's suntan lotion will protect your skin from harmful rays and from sun burning. Dr. Dale's suntan lotion and soon Dr. Dale's apparel from Sports Image. Let's give them a call if you'd like a free color catalog. 1-800-342-7612. Back to racing in a moment. 
From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. Welcome to F-150 Radio. Call from Georgia. Chad, what's shaking in Macon? I know the F-150 kicks butt and takes names. Like how the high-strength military-grade aluminum alloy F-150 thrashes the competition with best-in-class towing and torque? Mm-hmm. Not surprised. Totally saw that coming. Chad, how do you know so much about F-150 beating the competition? I drive the competition. Got a <clears throat> ten-year lease. Kind of embarrassing, huh? Maybe I shouldn't advertise that fact on a national talk radio show. Good call. The Ford F-150. It doesn't just raise the bar, it is the Bar. Best in class claims with properly configured vehicles. Class is full size pickups under 8,500 pounds GVWR based on Ford segmentation. Now get a 2019 F-150 with 0% financing for 72 months, only at your Ford dealer. Not all buyers will qualify for Ford credit financing. 0% APR financing for 72 months at $1,389 per month per thousand finance, regardless of down payment. Program number 21038 on 2019 Ford F-150. Not available on Raptor. Residency restrictions apply. Take new retail delivery from an authorized Ford dealer stock by 43019. See dealer for qualifications and complete details. Hi, folks. Mike Bagley here. At MRN, we rely on equipment from Racing Electronics. Joey Logano took the lead on the back straightaway. Racing Electronics has scanners and headphones. We can listen to every uncensored conversation between driver and crew. We're the championship, baby. Yeah. And when we need live audio, in-car cameras, and up-to-the-second statistics, use their latest handheld unit called Legend. To learn more about these products and many others, visit RacingElectronics.com. Racing Electronics, the official two-way communication partner of MRN. Trouble in turn number 11. Mark Martin running in third gets turned around in the middle of traffic. He was going backwards. Everybody finally manages to get around. But a scary moment for Mark Martin as the Valvoline car now backs off in turn 11, forcing Dave Marcus to the outside trying to get by. And Mark Martin will come back through turn 11 to the start-finish line area, running behind Todd Bodine and the Steve Grissom automobile, putting him back at around 32nd position. A costly trip through turn 11. For Mark Martin, he's back in 32nd with the leaders in turn five. Wally Dollar back and Kyle Petty in a great battle for third as they head down the hill. As Ernie Irvin now makes it 10 car lengths on Dale Earnhardt as they scramble into the carousel. Here's the battle for third. Looking to the outside is Wally Dollin back. He puts his Pontiac right down to the bottom of the racetrack, but Kyle Petty shuts the door in his machine. They'll scramble down the hill and spill onto the straightaway. Kyle Petty not necessarily known as one of the better road racers in the NASCAR Winston Cup circuit, but remembering back to last August, nearly won the Watkins Glen race. He's pulled away from Wally Dallin back on the straightaway by about five car lengths, but now locks up the right front brake. Smoke there from outside the tire, and Dallin back closes right back on his bumper. With Mark Martin spin, now this changes the dynamics of the top four cars. Kyle Petty negotiates the S's, the left, right, left-hand turn combination, but Wally Dallin back is right there. Behind Dallin back is Wallace, then Bodine, then Gordon, and Terry Labonte. We can also see tire smoke off the right rear tire of the Mark Martin automobile, and looking down from our broadcast position, here behind Pitt Road at the start-finish line. Steve Meal and the crew now climbing the wall, and they'll be making a tire change on the Valvoline machine. That skirmish in turn number 11 proves to be a problem. Ernie Irvin continues to lead the event. He also leads the True Value Hard Charger competition. As a matter of fact, he, Mark Martin, and Dale Earnhardt, the top three in the True Value Hard Charger competition at this
the stage. Mark Martin now goes straight ahead through turn number 11 to the entrance of Pit Road while the field begins to climb the hill through turns two, three, four, and five. Here comes Martin down the pit lane to the attention of Steve Meal and the crew. This will drop him all the way back to 38th position. Jim Phillips is in the pit area waiting. The crew is up on the wall. They've got one can of gasoline. That's uh, not going to be what they need right now. It's tires for Mark Barton as he did uh, turn the car completely around. And they'll probably check for damage. They go around the right side. They're going to change all four tires here on this uh, second stop for Martin. And it, uh, as the tire rolls by, it doesn't look like it's flat spotted, but they're not taking any chances. They will not lose a lap. They're going to make another chassis adjustment. The last time Martin was in, they took two rounds or put two rounds of wedge in the left side because the car, as it turned left, was loose. Martin car is down 24 seconds on the stop for Martin, a costly uh, stop for Mark Martin. But as Jim Phillips mentioned, with the lap speeds and lap times being a minute and 40 seconds, a 24-second pit stop puts you well behind, but certainly you won't lose a lap. The lead car is working now past the main grandstand area towards turn 11. Dale Earnhardt chasing down Ernie Irvin if he can. In the garage area, Derek Cope's day is done. Winston Kelly? Well, we're still waiting on Derek Cope to come back into the garage area. He had a long trek back around. Also has to make that mandatory stop at the uh, infield care center. So we'll get a comment from Derek Cope as soon as he gets back in here. Ernie Irvin across the start finish line. His lead now two and four tenths seconds over Dale Earnhardt. But it is now three seconds from Earnhardt back to Kyle Petty, Wally Dallenbach, and Rusty Wallace as they climb the hill. That's a good battle for the third position with Kyle Petty continually trying to hold off his father's car. Wally Dallenbach making great moves coming through the turns at the top of the hill in turn two. Dallenbach gets a shot, looks to the outside but Kyle will seal him off there and force him back in line. Also having to worry there is the Rusty Wallace car. He's trying to make a move on Dallenbach looking at the inside of him. Here's Dallenbach in turn four. Finally gets the inside lane open up. He's up alongside Kyle Petty. Goes to tail as they head down the straightaway. They'll go back to single file as they head towards the carousel. Kyle Petty looking at the inside of the racetrack but nothing doing. Wally Dallenbach is there. Give Dallenbach third. Petty is fourth and now Kyle Petty has to watch his backside. There's Rusty Wallace in his black Ford trying to make a move on the inside. Along with about four other cars all lined up right behind Rusty Wallace including Jeff Bodine and Terry Labonte. Here's Wallace ducking down to the inside of Kyle Petty under braking at seven. Kyle's going to ride right in the middle of the track and Jeff Bodine's going to pull up alongside Wallace and they're going to race a spot behind. Bodine's going to come away with a position. It's very difficult to go side by side here through the S's but Bodine is able to put himself in front of Wallace. There were lots of t-shirts here this weekend saying Rusty's back. Of course you know he'd love to confirm that slogan on those t-shirts. Here at the start-finish line, there is a belt sitting in the main straightaway. Looks as though it might be a rear-end drive belt, and we'll have to wait and see whether anybody has a problem out on the course. That uh, could be, well, we'll have to wait and find out. It's just a guess, but certainly somebody has lost a belt. We saw it come out of a uh, race car in the middle of a pack of traffic, and we'll find out who it is that slows as problems will mount for one team here on lap number 25. Pit stops are underway. Let's go to Jim Phillips. Well, Ernie Irvin, the first one in, the first one to leave. Four tires and gasoline for Irvin. Ricky Rudd getting a little extra attention as the left front fender on his car banged in and that altercation with Martin. He gets his four tires and gasoline. He's on his way. Martin is in the pits right now. They're working on the right side of his car, changing tires. Expect out since he's been in that long, they'll change all four tires. Kyle Petty has been in. Michael Walter Pinnett, Kenny Schrader, Dale Earnhardt, Terry Labonte, Wally Dallenbach, Bill Elliott, and Rusty Wallace. Four tires of gasoline for Wallace. Another one of those lightning fat pit, uh, pit stops for Wallace that gained him a lot of positions that time. 
Greg Sachs will not pit. He'll take over the lead at lap 35. Winston Kelly. Jeff Bodine again the first in and out on this end of pit road. Morgan Shepard follows him out again. Darrell Waltrip the third out. Other cars getting four tires and gasoline include Jeff Burton, Bobby Labonte, Rick Mass, Brett Bodine, Jimmy Spencer, Bobby Hamilton, Todd Bodine, Joe Nemechek, Mike Wallace, Harry Gant, and Ward Burton all getting four tires and Unical gasoline. So the pit stop's taking place here now at lap number 35. Larry McReynolds, his crew directly in front of us here at our pit road broadcast location. That's where our broadcast booth is at Sears Point. We look down upon that crew, and Larry is currently leading the Western Auto Mechanic of the Year competition with that $25,000 on the line at season's end. Steve Meal, who is pitting right next to the Larry McReynolds team for Mark Martin. Steve is currently second in the overall Western Auto points ahead of Andy Petrie. He's Dale Earnhardt's crew chief. Then Ken Howes, crew chief for Ken Schrader, and Tony Glover, the crew chief for the Kodiak Chevrolet and Sterling Marlin. Again, $25,000 to be paid at the end of the year. And uh, on the line today, a couple of thousand dollars from Western Auto. The Mechanic of the Race Award will be voted upon by the members of the news media here at Sears Point. The field will get the one-to-go signal now, just about a half lap away from going back to green. We'll remind you that next weekend, a big NASCAR doubleheader for you here on MRN Radio. Next Saturday, we'll have the Winston Select NASCAR's All-Star Race plus the Winston Select Open. That's the qualifying race. 7.30 Eastern time next Saturday. We'll be on the air with our coverage on the Charlotte Motor Speedway. We'll also have bush pole updates beginning at 7.10 Eastern time next Friday night. And then as soon as we lay down the microphones in Charlotte, we'll head up to Nazareth, Pennsylvania, where on Sunday of next week, a week from today, we'll have the Meridian Advantage 200 for you for the NASCAR Bush Series at 1 o'clock Eastern time. The ticket offices at both the Charlotte Motor Speedway and the Nazareth Raceway are open for you right now. And, of course, looking ahead, Dover Downs International Speedway, the Monster Mile, the Budweiser 500, June the 5th. June 12th, the UAW GM Teamwork 500 in Pocono, Pennsylvania. The Miller 400 at Michigan International Speedway, June 19th. And July 2nd, the Pepsi 400 at Daytona Beach, Florida, wrapping up the first half of the season. Today actually marks the one-third point of this 1994 season. Eli, let's see if we can get a quick comment from Jeff Gordon. Jeff, what happened to the car? I'm not really sure. Uh, you know, something in the in the rear end broke, a ring gear or something. Uh, I'm not really sure. Just uh, kind of fell to pieces there and just was like it was in neutral. Just couldn't get anything to work in any gear. Ray Everham and the crew working on the car, trying to get the DuPont Chevrolet back in. The lights have just come back on atop the safety cars, so we do have a moment or so yet before we go back to green. Many of you have read or heard, and we talked about it here on MRN, be it Alan's show on the weekday afternoons, NASCAR Today, or our NASCAR Live on Tuesday, the fact that the Pontiac Motor Division of General Motors has been given some rule concessions to have their car's body styles further conform to the body shape and length of the Fords and the Chevrolet Luminas. For those of you who aren't totally familiar with the uh, technology of uh, Winston Cup racing. The Pontiacs were about seven inches shorter from front to back than the Chevy Luminas and the Ford Thunderbirds. And after test sessions at Atlanta a couple of weeks ago, Pontiac was given some rule concessions by NASCAR. I was talking about it with Robin Pemberton. He's the crew chief for Kyle Petty's Mellow Yellow Pontiac. We talked here yesterday about what the Pontiac teams asked for and what did you get from NASCAR? What we requested was four inches in the back and uh, two inches in the front and we've got two inches in the front and three inches in the back and and what that means is what we were shooting for 
and uh, and still in the, in the big picture out there for years to come as an overall length rule from NASCAR. And even though right now it looks like it's helping the Pontiacs, someday it'll help Ford, someday it'll help Chevrolet, someday it'll help Chrysler or anybody else who wants to get in racing. From a bottom line standpoint, will these changes make the Pontiacs run faster on a given Sunday? These changes did not make the car run faster. What it made, what, what it allowed the car to do was run the same speed for a longer period of time. That's all it did. You know, you, you, watch, uh, you watch the races, you watch Darlington and uh, Rockingham and Charlotte, you know, and the t Pontiac teams, they can run good for a few laps. But as the tires deteriorate due to the lack of downforce, if, if they're off uh, five hundredths a lap, then in ten laps it's a tenth a lap, and then in 20, 25 laps it's a tenth and a half a lap, and that's due to the lack of downforce. Robin Pemberton, crew chief for the Mellow Yellow Pontiac, explaining exactly what's gone on here in the last few weeks relative to the Pontiac size for the races effective next weekend at the Charlotte Motor Speedway. In one half lap, we'll be going back to green and we'll be at the halfway point of the Safe Mart 300. Getting set to go back to green here at Sears Point International Raceway. Dave Marcus running directly behind Elmo Langley as we get set to go green. Dave Marcus being shown by the NASCAR scoring computer on the lead lap here as we get set to go back to work. Halfway as the crossed flags are being displayed by our backup starter today. He is Jackie O'Neill, the chief starter for the Winston West Series. He shows halfway while Doyle Ford waves the green and quickly up the hill go the leaders trying to get around Dave Marcus. Marcus holds the inside to the outside. Goes Ernie Irvin right away up alongside the Marcus car trying to that machine. Also, Ron Hornaday directly ahead of Ernie Irvin. He'll pinch him in again coming into turn three. Now, Rusty Wallace works to the outside of Marcus. Still, Irvin hasn't gone by the Hornaday car. Now, further back in the field, here comes Earnhardt breaking to the inside. He'll pull up alongside Marcus. Wally Dallemack comes along. Terry Labonte spins, makes contact with Jeff Bodine, and now collects the Sterling Marlin car just off turn four. Jimmy Spencer into the side of Darrell Waltrip. Several cars getting together, all able to go away, except for Terry Labonte, a lot of damage to his car here off turn four. The caution flag has not yet been displayed. The officials around the course are waving the caution in the area where Labonte's car is, and somewhat mangled, he is managing to get the car off the rumble strip onto the grass, and it looks as he'll be able to pull away. Left front corner of the car pretty well damaged on Labonte's car, but he has refired it. It is tracking correctly, it looks like, from here, and he's headed on back around. So Terry Labonte, who was running in fourth position upon the restart, he'll lose all the way back to at least 35th position. That is the last car in the lead lap and obviously could lose more should he be bypassed by the race leader, Ernie Irvin. From the Sears Point International Raceway, this is MRN Radio. Here at Sears Point, things happen in a hurry just past the halfway point with the problems that Joe Moore told you about in turn four. Both Sterling Marlin and Terry Labonte have gone to the pit lane. Mike Chase, the West Coast driver who is now relocated to the Carolinas, has backed his car off the course up near turn number six while the lead automobile continues through the S's and now downhill towards turn 11. It is Ernie Irvin now. He's got two and a half seconds on Rusty Wallace who is now holding second spot with Dale Earnhardt in third spot and fourth place was where Terry Labonte was but now he's on pit road. Yes he is in the working of the left side Gary Dehart of the crew is Ernie Irvin is closing in on him going to put him a lap down Sterling Marlin is in the pits they're working on the right side of the Marlin car it looks like that Marlin took a lick to the right front wheel and the toe end was uh, 
out a bit too much of the Marlin car. They're working on that. They're working on the front air dam and the hood area, also the bumper area of the Terry Labonte car. Costly, costly pit stop for Terry Labonte. So a tough break for Terry Labonte and Sterling Marlin both in the aftermath of the accident. Let's go back to pit road. Jimmy Spencer brings the McDonald's colors onto pit road. The left front fender dangling in the breeze. The crew now goes to work on the right side of the car. It's going to be a four-tire change. Mike Hill and Donnie Disharoon change the right side. That front fender now sticking up in the air as the jackman Steve Spar cranks it up on the left side. Now they're cutting away the front, that front fender piece as they're changing four tires and cutting away the front fender on Jimmy Spencer's car. Let's pick up Ernie Irvin on the course. He's in turn seven, downshifting and breaking into the right-hander. The scramble's gonna be for the second spot. Rusty Wallace has it, Dale Earnhardt wants it. Earnhardt locks up the right front brake when he comes into the corner. Now they'll race down the hill. Boy, pit stops or no pit stops, Ernie Irvin has got that car hooked up. He's got about a 10-car length lead over second place Rusty Wallace, and that's where the battle is. Earnhardt on the back of Wallace. Wallace down the short downhill out of turn 8A into turn 9. Wallace holds down the second spot, Earnhardt in third. Rusty Wallace, why are you so good on the road courses? You hit the nail on the head. The transmission really helped a lot because there were some guys who were just completely lost about how to shift it. And now with the Jericho, if you want to, you can just go ahead and jam it in gear, and it'll go in gear. I don't do it that way, but a lot of guys just don't even use the clutch. They just stick it in gear and go. Transmission's one of the reasons that so many of the fellows have become astute road racers. Caution is now being displayed all the way around the speedway. The problem is the Mike Chase automobile, the driver from Bakersfield, California, who won the Winston West event out in Tucson Raceway Park a few weeks ago, actually a week ago now. His car backed onto the tire barrier out on the course, and he has brought us under the fourth full-cost caution of the afternoon. Comparing to last year, last year we had five full-course yellows for 11 caution laps. This is the fourth one of the afternoon here at Sears Point International, coming out at lap number 40 of 74. And I'll tell you something, when you take a look at the, the good runners like a Terry Labonte who's been involved in an accident, or a Derek Cope who was running so well, Jeff Gordon likewise, all of those fellows and many others could be uh, contenders for the Goodies Headache Award. That's going to be awarded by the members of the news media here today, a $1,000 award from the folks at Goody's Pharmaceutical to the driver who has the toughest luck during the running of today's Save Mart 300. We'll pass that award along a bit later on. And you got a feel for Terry Labonte. Here's a guy who's got 13 top five finishes on road courses, including wins at the old Riverside Raceway in uh, Riverside, California, back in the uh, early and mid-'80s. But today is not to be the day for Terry Labonte. He has just gone a lap down and work will continue on the Kellogg's machine. So we're under caution, lap number 40 here at Sears Point, but regardless of where we are in this race, it has been Ernie Irvin who has led and dominated to this point. Ernie Irvin has led all but six laps here today at the Save Mart 300 in a race slowed four times for 11 caution laps. There have been five lead changes among four drivers. Ernie Irvin has led, obviously, along with Dale Earnhardt, John Krebs, and Greg Sachs led a lap. We still have 30 cars on the lead lap, and 40 of our 43 starters are still on the racetrack. Average speed, 72.689 miles an hour. The story that begins to develop now is, as well as Ernie Irvin 
Kevin is running, so too, if not even a bit better, is Jeff Bodine. Last time they came by the start-finish line, it was two and seven-tenths seconds separating the two, and it remains at two and a half seconds now as both the two lead cars climb the hill to turn two. Bodine shuts down the distance even more, coming up the hill into turn number two. Further back behind him rides a Rusty Wallace car. He's in third, and Dale Earnhardt now beginning to draw in Rusty Wallace's car. Wally Dallenbach not running quite as well as earlier this afternoon. He follows Earnhardt, and Morgan Shepard now sneaks into the picture. He runs in the sixth position. Irvin makes the wide move off turn four and downhill to the carousel. A couple of Fords rumble down the hill. Now Irvin, here it comes up to the top of the hill. Now back down again. Irvin to the inside of the racetrack on the carousel. Here's Jeff Bodine, also tucks it right down to the bottom of the racetrack. Rusty Wallace about 20 car lengths behind, but Dale Earnhardt beginning to gain on the entrance of the car carousel. Earnhardt's black Chevrolet coming right up behind Wallace, making about three car lengths as they race off the turn. Meantime, Ernie Irvin has turned the wick up one more time just a little bit now. Perhaps he wasn't going quite as hard as he had been at the first of the race in this middle portion, but now getting a good glimpse of Jeff Bodine in his mirror. It appears like Irvin has turned on the steam as he heads down the hill. With only a little bit more than 20 laps remaining, strategy comes into play. And sure, Ernie Irvin had a big, big cushion, but now he's got to talk to his team and say, well, do we lay back just a little bit or do we push it? How do we keep the cushion? Do we keep it big? Or do we push the car? What do we do? That's what's going through Ernie Irvin's mind right now. How about Jeff Bodine's strategy, Winston Kelly? Well, Paul Andrews in the crew continuing to talk to their driver. He's talking to one of the engine builders, Danny Glad. Let's see what Paul and the crew are thinking. Now they're talking to Jeff Bodine as he comes around, turn number 11. Here comes Rusty Wallace, Dale Earnhardt. Well, Paul Andrews, can you, cha can you chase down Ernie Irvin? Well, right now they're running about the same lap times. They're back and forth, you know it? I'd say they're pretty equal cars right now. You know, it's um, anything can happen. It's a long, still a little ways to go. We both of us got to make a pit stop for gas. When will that pit stop come? Have you decided? Around in the 60, right in the 60s, somewhere early 60s. That's Paul Andrews, the crew chief on the Exide Batteries Ford. They hope to be able to chase down leader Ernie Irvin. The early 60s would be about nine or 10 laps from now. We are just putting lap number 51 up on the board. If you're just joining us, four caution flags today. Lake Speed had problems back on lap 12 in the carousel. Lake again, or at least Derek Culp in uh, lap number 18. He and John Krebs got together for that second caution. Jeff Gordon stopped on the track for the third caution of the day. And then Mike Chase hit the tire barrier on the... Uh, 40th lap to bring out our fourth caution flag of the afternoon. Otherwise, most everybody's been able to continue with the exception of Cope and Krebs. Rick Corelli with an oil pump failure, the only other man in the garage area here at lap number 51. Let's pick up the leaders. Leaders are through the S's. I wanted to watch Ernie Irvin through these S's. He's not using very much road at all, so he is taking it easy through the S's, but he's still got about a 10-car length lead over Jeff Bodine. We look down beneath us where Larry McReynolds is standing and watching. He's the crew chief for the uh, Ernie Irvin team. And every time by, we can just watch Larry McReynolds get on that radio. The button to activate the radio is attached to his headset. And each time Ernie Irvin comes by, McReynolds says something. Does he have to ride you pretty good on the radio, Ernie? Yeah, he has. You know, the, the biggest thing he does is, is keep me focused on what we're doing. And, uh, you know, there's lots of times I'll run a little harder than I need to run at a certain point in the race. And uh, Larry will keep me focused on the big picture. And the big picture is the championship. You know, uh, there's going to be some races that we might have a car competitive enough to win but we got to look at the whole situation and uh, you know you got to keep yourself out of out of wrecks um, out of um, compromising positions and uh, put yourself in position to 
to get the most points and accumulate the most points and uh, try to make it to the front table at the banquet. Right now it's a 25-point lead for Ernie Irvin over Dale Earnhardt in the NASCAR Winston Cup point standings. 52 laps are complete, 22 remain. Let's update you on how your favorite driver's doing. We've talked so much about the leaders. Ernie Irvin is the leader. Second spot, Jeff Bodine. Rusty Wallace third. Dale Earnhardt fourth. Wally Dallenbach is fifth. Sixth now is Morgan Shepard. Seventh, Ted Musgrave. A good run for Ted. Eighth is Ken Schrader. Ninth is where Mark Martin has climbed back to. And a super run for Bobby Labonte. He's being posted in 10th. 11th spot now is the Brett Bodine car. Bill Elliott is 12th. Ricky Rudd 13th. Jeff Burton 14th. And 15th, Harry Gantt. All of these cars are on the lead lap. 16th is Dale Jarrett, 17th Todd Bodine, 18th is Michael Waltrip, Rick Mast is 19th, and at 20th they're posting Hutch Strickland. 21st right now is the John Andretti car, 22nd Steve Grissom, and 23rd position they'll show Chuck Bowne, 24th will be Mike Wallace, 25th position is Joe Nimichek with Greg Sachs running 26th, 27th now is the first of the Winston West campaigners, that's Butch Gilliland, 28th is Kyle Petty, Darrell Waltrip is 29th, and 30th is Bobby Hamilton running in the 31st position, the first car one lap down is Jimmy Spencer, also a lap down in 32nd, Dave Marcus running a lap down in 33rd, they'll post Sterling Marlin, and also a lap down in 34th, Cherry Labonte dropping to three laps down now, Mike Chase in 35th. Lake Speed is running four laps down in 36th. Back uh, even further, Jeff Gordon now. He's being posted seven laps down in 37th. Also on the racetrack running many laps down, Ron Hornaday Jr. He's out there. Likewise, the Ward-Burton automobile. So too being posted on the track, Gary Collins in 40th position with only three cars in the garage area at lap number 53. Here at Sears Point International Raceway, Ernie Irvin continues to wear out the field. He would take home the lion's share of this purse of $901,767. Also in line to win the Unical Challenge. And Ernie's crew chief, Larry McReynolds, also about to pocket a little extra change here today, Jim. Uh, yes, he is. He's talking to Ernie Irvin right now on the radio, but he's going to pick up uh, $2,000 from the folks at Western Auto because he's been chosen as the Western Auto mechanic of the race, and now he's going to put the watch on Jeff Bodine as he flashes by us right now and see what the difference is between the two teams. But, Larry, congratulations, Western Auto mechanic of the race. Well, you know, everybody in the pits has done a great job. We we had a little instant that first pit stop that was kind of scary. We had a couple of lug nuts hang up going on, but uh, once again, the Texaco Havlin team responded, and we just appreciate Western Auto's, uh, you know, contributions to the race team. And but you know, eight laps at Sears Point, it can seem like about a hundred laps at most places. So we just see what happens. But he's been really smooth today, Ernie has. Yeah, you know, I mean, we we got us a little bit of a lead in. He just told me on the radio. He said, "I'm gonna take it easy." Because what you always got to remember. This late in the race, if a caution comes with 26 cars on the lead lap, you got to stay out. So we don't want to have our tires used up for the last few laps if a caution did come. Western Auto Mechanic of the race, Larry McReynolds. Right now, the sixth place battle might be the best on the racetrack. As Trouble Morgan. in the S's again is Sterling Marlin. Sterling Marlin has looped it. He's sitting right in the middle of the S's. This is right in front of Ernie Irvin. Here. Irvin negotiates the S's. He sees the yellow flags. He backs off the throttle while Marlin is sitting on the inside of turn eight. 
Close call for Ron Hornaday Jr. He has just returned, just gets around Marlin. Sterling now swings his car pointed in the right direction, and everybody will get by him. There is no full course caution. The flags that you heard Dan talk about were from the corner workers there in the S's, warning that there was a problem in that corner only. So we remain under green as Ernie Irvin clears through turn number 11 and puts yet another lap on the board. We were saying, though, that the best battle on the racetrack for sixth spot has Morgan Shepard in a nose-to-tail battle with Ted Musgrave and that's exactly how they are now beneath the Winston Cup Series bridge with Musgrave trying to outbreak Morgan Shepard going into turn 11 but Shepard holds the groove now Musgrave under heavy braking thinks about making an inside pass Morgan takes away the groove that time but now as Shepard goes way wide still under braking here comes Musgrave he'll try and grab sixth away it's a drag race here on the main straightaway they'll make the little turn here at the start finish line and again Shepard holds off the challenge with just eight laps to go on the race while Ernie Irvin leads comfortably. We follow that battle for sixth up the hill to turn two. Morgan Shepard trying to hold the inside line while Musgrave is trying to sneak down underneath them to get a fender up alongside. Still not able to accomplish that. Into turn three, they'll make the hard left-hander. It is about the car length between the two. Shepard takes it wide to the outside. Ted's going to try to sneak down on the inside and get that fender along in turn four. And again, Shepard blocks the moves and it'll hold him off for now. Twin T-Birds rumble down the hill, setting up for turn number five. Tuck it to the inside, does Shepard. Here's Musgrave now looking to the inside on the entrance of the carousel, but Shepard is there. Now Shepard's car drifts up the banking. Shepard overshooting the, the uh, entrance of the turn. Side by side, a drag race for six down the straightaway. Bounce off each other as they come off onto the straightaway. It'll be no contest as they come to the end of the strip. Musgrave out accelerating Morgan Shepard to turn seven. He drives in hard, though, locks up the right front brake. Gives Shepard a hole underneath. Morgan, though, not able to jump inside, so give Ted Musgrave the six spot. Two different attitudes between these drivers. Morgan Shepard was so controlled through the S's earlier in the going, while Musgrave was hustling the car, throwing it to the left and to the right. The result was still the same. They were both fast, but now Musgrave has got the sixth spot. But Ernie Irvin comes across the stripe. He's got a lead that just continues to grow. The interval now will time for you as he climbs through turns number one and up the hill towards number two with Jeff Bodine trailing behind him. The differential from Irvin to Bodine is now eight and three-tenths seconds with 25 cars still running on the lead lap. Twice we have had 21 cars finish on the lead lap here and never have fewer than 14 cars finished on the lead lap. So we're about to write a new record as far as cars on the lead lap at a road course event at Sears Point. 25 cars, lead lap, but none are as good as Ernie Irvin. Six laps remain here at Sears Point International Raceway. Ernie Irvin negotiating turn number 11 now, and shortly there'll be just five laps to go. And there'll just be five laps remaining in Harry Gant's first farewell visit. He will, of course, now be starting to go to most every track for the last time, although there still are a couple of tracks on the circuit where we have yet to make our first visit of the year. But for Harry Gant, this is his last visit to a racetrack that he really his favorites. Road racing and Harry Gant are words that are seldom used in the same sentence. Yet here he is running a strong 10th today, Winston Kelly. We're with his crew chief, Charlie Presley. And Charlie, this is not one of Harry's favorite places. He makes no secret about that. But started 16th and running a strong 10th in his final run. How about it? How about Nigel Gant there? He's having a blast <laughs> out there. We're just enjoying the heck out of it watching him go. Well, he always told us he could drive it if we'd give him a car. So it looks like we almost gave him one. Is he saying anything about the car? No, he says it's good. He's happy. 
That's Charlie Presley, the crew chief on the mound, newly named Nigel Gant. Harry Gant starting his farewell tour here at Sears Point, a track that he's not that fond of, one he'd like to say farewell to, but maybe he'd like to come back now that he's in the top ten and has a good car. You can never tell him. By the way, Monday, October the 3rd, you might want to jot this down now that you have plenty of advance notice. That is going to be Harry Gant Day in his hometown of Taylorsville, North Carolina. It's the day after the race at North Wilkesboro. So Monday, October the 3rd, Harry Gant to be honored in his hometown of Taylorsville, North Carolina after an outstanding Winston Cup racing career. Here comes Ernie Irvin. He'll work his way around with five laps to go at Sears Point International Raceway, trying to put a victory in the books to become only the first repeat Winston Cup winner here at Sears Point. This is the sixth visit to this racetrack over the years, and as we mentioned at the outset of the program, the winners to this point have been Ricky Rudd, Rusty Wallace, the late Davey Allison, Jeff Bodine, and Ernie Irvin. Ernie now crosses the start-finish line. Four laps to go. Let's follow him around this two-and-a-half-mile track with four circuits remaining. He's up the turn two. At several points during the afternoon, Irvin has been attacking this race course, but for now, he's just kind of gliding around here, taking it easy. Is having to deal with a couple of lap cars, just made a move around the truck bound machine and got by Mike Wallace. He's following the smoking car of Joe Nemechek now, and all these cars that are not on the lead lap, the slower machines are being courtesy, uh, courteous to the race leader, moving over, letting him make the pass and pick his way on back towards the finish. Irvin's Ford now clearing Nemechek. Irvin into turn number six, really conserving the tires down at this end of the racetrack. Turn six, the carousel turn that downhill hard right hand sweeper is where you see most of the chunks of tire rubber around Sears Point Raceway and this has been one of the places on the racetrack where Ernie has really tiptoed through trying to conserve the tires on the final laps. Charges up the hill and into the entrance of turn number seven now on the brakes and downshifting from fourth to second gear. Ernie winding the car in about midway across the racetrack now. Now he's back out of the turn and on the gas and headed downhill. A driver once said when you're passing slower traffic in the later stages of the race about five or six laps left it's like walking in a minefield because you're trying to be so careful and you just don't know what can happen. That's what Ernie's doing right now. He's taking it very, very easy, being very, very careful through the S's as he approaches Jeff Gordon. Ernie Irvin has led all but six laps here today. To your attrition list, add the name Steve Grissom. We told you the rear end was going out on that car a short while ago. It has now given up for the day. Steve Grissom gone to the garage area as Ernie Irvin will put yet another lap on the board coming through turn 11. The odds were not with Ernie today because the last Winston Cup hole winner to win a road race was the late Tim Richmond at the Winston Western 500 Riverside, California in November 86. The pole spot was just never the place to start if you wanted to go to victory lane, but it's working for Ernie right now. He's back up to turn two. Ernie's now cleared himself of all that lap traffic. Got plenty of clear sailing as he comes back into turn three. One battle we saw shape up and go away quickly on the last lap was between Wally Dallenbach and Rusty Wallace. Dallenbach running in the fifth position, made the inside move coming off turn four, picked up the fourth spot and Wallace now falls back to fifth. Irvin's on his way into the carousel. And Ernie Irvin with not a lot of traffic in front of him. As a matter of fact, it's about 60 car lengths or so up to the Smokin' Joe's machine at Hut Strickland. That's the next car in line. So Ernie Irvin pretty much all by himself now as he sweeps out of the straightaway. And begins to work his way back up through the gears. Also some good racing going on back just outside the top ten. Bill Elliott, Brett Bonine, and Dale Jarrett all close together on the racetrack and bouncing and beating back and forth the last time here through turn seven. But for Ernie Irvin, it's smooth sailing and he's back on the gas and headed down to the S's. Ernie almost looks like he did at, at lap 10. Ernie has always had a very, very comfortable attitude behind the wheel here this afternoon at Sears Point. He wasn't fighting with the car, wasn't fighting with the wheel, looked very relaxed, very much in control. Here they come back down behind that main grandstand one more time towards turn number 11. 
Ernie Urban, unlike many of the other teams that chose to test at racetracks on the uh, West Coast, such as here at Sears Point, with teams coming out here to perfect their car. Ernie... Eli, Eli, we're going to have a problem. Bill Elliott's car has stalled on the race course between turns three and four, and he's in a position where he can't get far enough off the course. The car completely has come to rest here at the top of the hill, just at the entrance of turn four. He's trying to work it back and forth and get it going. The car will not move. It is stopped. Well, of course, at this point, though, basically the race is over because the next time by they would get the white flag and if necessary the caution and then Ernie Irvin would go on and win under the uh, yellow flag so for all intents and purposes with the lap count just at two now less than two to go Ernie Irvin barring him stopping on the track has won the event with Bill Elliott still limping up there between turns three and four as we were mentioning Ernie Irvin and the team they tested at Road Atlanta in Flowery Branch Georgia they said no need to go west we know we're a good team. Let's just find a road course on the East Coast that has high elevation changes and a lot of corkscrew kind of turns, and it's worked for Ernie Irvin and the team while paying off here on the coast. Let's get an update on the Bill Elliott car. He did finally get the car moving. I don't know if it's just the force of the hill. Once he got over the crest of the hill, it started rolling. Now he's off turn four, still running on the apron of the racetrack, and now he's pulled completely off the racing surface on one of the exit lanes. Let's pick up Ernie Irvin on the course. Ernie Irvin going through the S's. You can barely hear the motor. He's so much off the throttle. Ernie Irvin negotiates the left-hand turn eight, the right-hand turn eight A, and now the left-hand turn nine underneath the Winston Cup bridge. Why is he off the throttle as much as he is? Well, because the lead he has now has grown to monumental proportions. He has the lead on second place Jeff Bodine by 10 and 9 tenth seconds, almost 11 full seconds as Doyle Ford leans out across the flag stand here at the start-finish line, waits for the flash of black, orange, and white to come, and here are the white flag flying now. Ernie Irvin just 2.52 miles away from his third win of the year and his second career win here at Sears Point. He's in turn two. Last time he crests the hill in turn two, makes the hard right-hander, slings it now and brings it down the short chute, headed towards turn number three. No lapped cars in front of him as Irvin for the last time makes his way off turn three. He'll hug the inside line of the racetrack, not really pushing it as he goes down the chute towards turn four. Irvin all alone now, down to the inside of the track. He'll make his run down off turn four into the carousel for the last time. Final time, he'll swing down the hill, kind of floats over the top of the hill, now coming back down into the carousel. Ernie Irvin takes the middle line, Tucks it now to the inside of the racetrack. No race traffic ahead. Still the Smoke and Joe's car. A Hut Strickland, about 50 car lengths up front. Ernie Irvin is on the straightaway. Ernie Irvin winds that Robert Yates power plant out in high gear for the final time on his victory lap. He's to the entrance of turn number seven, down to second gear. Hut Strickland's car just ahead. Ernie Irvin on cruise control. He's half a lap from victory lane and headed back down the hill. And what a great, great day for the Texaco Havoline Ford. Ernie Irvin behind the wheel. Do you think he can afford himself a smile behind that visor? He negotiates the is very easy indeed. In fact, puts a couple of wheels off the curb, I guess, just for a show for the fans. Ernie Irvin enters into turn nine. He's on his way to a checkered flag. For the last time, under high speed, he flashes beneath the Winston Cup Series bridge and heads now under some degree of, of braking into turn number 11. Ernie Irvin just biding his time. He'll trail in behind the Hut Strickland automobile. And for the second time in six years, the Sears Point checkers will belong to a Californian. Ernie Irvin of Modesto, California, pads his Winston Cup lead to 40 points as he wins the Save Mart 300 here at Sears Point International Raceway. Ten seconds behind will be Jeff Bodine as he flashes past the start-finish line in second. But Robert Gates has got to be a happy man after this win. Well, this is completes the soccer. You want to short track, 
Speedway in Atlanta, and now the road course here at Sears Point. Robert, you got to be happy. I tell you, things are going really good for us. Uh, still, all these decisions, what we go with every week, you know, we certainly did come here conservative, and uh, we hung out with the best engine and ran it hard and stayed together all day. Everybody did a great job. Robert Yates, the car owner for Ernie Irvin. And it'll be a quick trip with a lot of smiles back to Charlotte, North Carolina, as the Texaco Haviland Ford wins it here at Sears Point. NASCAR Today continues on MRN Radio, sponsored by Ford and your local Ford dealers who invite you to see the exciting lineup of tough Ford trucks. Well, the margin of victory was 9.56 seconds as Ernie Irvin just wears out the field here at Sears Point International Raceway. He'll be heading the victory lane in the Texaco Haviland Ford. John Krebs still kind of recovering. He's fine, thank you, after that accident of earlier in the day. But he has been voted the $1,000 Goodies Headache Award by the members of the media here in attendance after he and Derek Cope got together earlier in the day to bring out one of our caution flags. So John Krebs gets $1,000, and the folks at the Brenner Children's Hospital in Winston-Salem, North Carolina, getting a $250 donation in John Krebs' name. Jim Phillips and Winston Kelly will be heading to victory lane in the garage area to get the updates from all of the drivers here. And here comes Ernie Irvin as he will come down pit road one more time and then reverse himself in front of the main grandstands to get to victory lane, which is actually located in the staging area of the drag strip. And he'll now pull in in and around a sea of black, orange, and white-clad crew members who are happy and celebrating. Average speed today, 77.319 miles an hour. That that is still about four miles an hour behind the quickest race ever run here in a Winston Cup event, which Ernie Irvin turned back in 1992. But he led for 68 of the 74 laps. He led all but six laps today in a race slowed four times for 11 laps. Seven lead changes among five drivers and 39 cars of the 43 starters were running at the finish. Let's check in with Winston Kelly. Well, Wally Dahlenbach has just got out of his car. He's talking to his car owner, Richard Petty, see if we can make our way in here to get a comment with him while he's talking. Wally, you had a great run today. Good, good run up in fourth position. Well, thank you. It felt good for STP and Sears Die Hard and everybody, the team. You know, uh, it's been a bumpy year, but we figured we have a good run. Uh, that last and next set of tires we had were, were really slippery. And, uh, thanks, man. And, you know, we, had a, we, we backpedaled there for a long time. In the last set, we got our, our uh, car handling better, and but, you know, we had a lot to make up. You seem to make up a lot of positions over here in turn number 11, breaking through that particular part of the racetrack. Yeah, you know, there's uh, only a few places you can pass here. You need to set the car up the corner before, so that's what we worked on, and uh, I think it worked in our favor. Wally Dahlenbach brings the STP colors home in fourth this afternoon. Wally Dahlenbach, as we had mentioned earlier in the broadcast, was the driver who amassed the greatest number of points on the road course a year ago. No surprise, what with his road course background. So Wally Dahlenbach, an outstanding fourth place finish today. Ernie Irvin, of course, in victory lane, wins the Gatorade Circle of Champions induction for the third time this year. As Jim Phillips well pointed out, that team has now won once on the short track, once on a super speedway, and now once on a road course. Let's go back to the garage. Started 26, came all the way up toward the front of the pack, finished second. Jeff Bodine, good run for you. Thanks, yeah, we're, we're tickled to death. Uh, boy, we've had some tough luck. Today was a, a tough race for us, starting way back, but had one car just a little better than us. Uh, Ernie, he ran super all day, and uh, we're about that much better than the rest of the field. 
So second isn't all bad. Uh, I'm Matt Berry, everybody back home. Uh, it was pretty exciting. Uh, Ernie could have slowed down a little bit, made it more exciting, but you know, coming from where we did up through the pack, it was uh, tough going and a lot of bumps and bruises, but we survived and this is gonna turn our luck around. We're gonna do good from here on out. The tires worked really good. Bob Newton, he's back on the East Coast. Bob, your tires worked good, boy, those Hoosiers. Hey, you know you can buy them with Auto Express too? There was one particular time in the race that during the middle portion of a caution or a green flag run, your tires seemed to be a little bit quicker. That was a portion that you seemed to be quicker than Ernie, but toward the end of the race, they dropped off. Did that how it seemed from your standpoint? Well, I think probably Ernie slowed up at that point. You know, he was fast whenever he wanted to be. And at the end, we had some traffic to deal with, which slowed us down, but he still was faster than we were. And, uh, you know, we're just glad to be where we're at. A second's better than what we did last week or the week before. So uh, this is a plus for us. And the team did a great job on the stops and the car. This was a brand-new car. So, uh, hey, we'll be in Charlotte next week. It's going to be exciting there, too. Some reports about you getting close to Terry Labonte there toward the end of the race. What happened out there? Uh, I guess he didn't see me going by, that's all. That's Jeff Bodine, a good, strong second-place run this afternoon. But in victory lane now for the 12th time in his career, Ernie Irvin with Jim Phillips. Well, his 12th victory certainly was a strong one. A strong run today, Ernie Irvin. I tell you, this Texaco Avalon Fort Thunderbird was awesome today. And, uh, you know, as I said on TV a little bit ago, a lot of people to thank for this. You know, um, Ford Motor Company and Lee Morris and Robert Yates and, and Larry McReynolds and all the guys at the shop, Doug, and all them didn't get to come today. And probably the unsung hero in this whole deal is Bob Riley. Uh, that helped build this car. You know, Larry got it all done, sent it to Bob. He went through it, and he's a road race king, and uh, that's what his specialty is and helps on AJ's um, IndyCar stuff, and this one was kind of for him. You know, he had never uh, really messed with one of these Winston Cup cars for road course, and he did us a great job. One of our turn announcers said that when you set the car out of the turns, you just left them in the dust. <laughs> well, I guess that Yates power just does it, you know, and then, then Larry had it where I could hook it up. And uh, Doug didn't get to make it today, and um, I know he was nervous the whole time, probably watching it, having a cool one watching us work. But uh, we'll be back. I think we're having a party at his house next Sunday. It looks like that right now you've kind of wrestled away from what was the king of the road racers, Rusty Wallace and Ricky Rudd, uh, Ernie Irvin now the king of the road racers? Oh, it's just, you know, the, the road racers are only as good as their equipment. And, uh, you know, Rusty and Ricky had some awesome equipment there for a while, and nobody else did. And now I seem to be getting the, the great stuff. And, you know, Larry and, and Bob and, and all the guys at the shop, when they built this car, and Mike Laughlin, when they built this car, it's, it's awesome. And uh, we took it to Road Atlanta and tested it and didn't know if it was good or not because you didn't have nothing to compare it to, but I uh, really found out it was. And you want to say hi to Kim and Jordan, and they didn't get to come today. They missed Victory Lane. It's the second one this year they missed. And um, Jordan likes all the pictures and stuff, but she's not going to be in them today. But, but I'm going to be home in a little while to play with her. You're standing on California soil. You're from Modesto, California. It has to feel special to win here today. Well, I'm from Salinas, California, which is not near Modesto, but, uh, you know, it's really neat. It's kind of America. You know, you can you can come from the West Coast and go to the East Coast and go racing, Winston Cup racing, which is predominantly East Coast racing, and uh, be able to win races out there and then be able to come back to California and win some. And, you know, um, I guess only in America you could do this. Twelfth win for Ernie Irvin as he wins the Save Mark 300. Other post-race honors going to Ernie Irvin. He has won the True Value Hard Charger Award for the day and takes home the honors and the points that go with it. Of course, that's a season-long point chase with $25,000, but Ernie does win the True Value Hard Charger Award this afternoon. And his crew chief, Larry McReynolds, as we mentioned earlier, the Western Auto Mechanic of the Race. He takes home $2,000 from Western Auto. Back to the garage again to Winston Kelly. Well, Dale Earnhardt got in and out of his trailer just about as quick as he got through turn 11 this afternoon. Very quick to leave the racetrack. Rusty Wallace changing clothes. Asked for a few minutes. 
had a very long day, so we'll see if we can get a comment from Rusty momentarily. We'll check back with Winston in just a moment. Another of the post-race awards, the Plastic Coat Winning Finish Award. That goes to the winning crew chief each and every weekend, and that's another $2,000 for Larry McReynolds, crew chief of the Texaco Haviland Ford. So he makes out almost as well as Ernie Irvin does today by winning this Save Mart 300. Ernie Irvin, the winner of the Save Mart 300 here at Sears Point International Raceway. While we await the final scoring numbers from NASCAR timing and scoring, we want to offer congratulations to Peggy Beeson of Knoxville, Tennessee. As you know, MRN has been uh, conducting a bush pole sweepstakes all season long. All you've got to do is write down the name of any Winston Cup race that MRN covers and the name of the driver who you think would win the bush pole. We'll take all the correct winners and guessers, if you will, and just pull one out of the hat and give away a grand prize and over the course of the season and our first prize winner Peggy Beeson of Knoxville Tennessee has won two tickets to an upcoming NASCAR Winston Cup Series event she'll win airfare for two from the closest city served by US Air we'll give her a hotel accommodation for a couple of nights and there's also a Brickyard 400 Bush beer race pack if you'd like to enter the Bush Pole sweepstakes again just jot down your name address telephone number the name of a Winston Cup race at MRN broadcast and the Bush Pole winner and send it to us at post office box 2888 Daytona Beach Florida 32114 and you'll be entered in the Bush Pole sweepstakes for 1994 back to the garage area first to Jim Phillips and we'll have a comment with Rusty Wallace in just a moment and uh, he'll be here in just a second Rusty was still changing clothes as it was reported moments ago Winston Kelly is trying to get a comment from our sixth place finisher Ted Musgrave and we have caught up with Ted Musgrave who I believe with maybe just one or two more laps you may have been up in the top five today Ted but it was a good run for you nonetheless yeah that's just an excellent run that just goes to show you know when you got the team and you got the equipment what could happen you know I've come out here and never finished a race and always been in like the 20th position or so and I'll tell you, you know, with the team I've got, the, the pit stop was just awesome. Gave me a good track position, and the car just would handle just super. And got a sixth-place finish out of it. That's uh, my best ever on a road course. Like many of the other drivers, you seem to make up several positions here in turn number 11. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. The car just worked excellent under heavy braking. It would not uh, chatter the rear wheels. It would dive into the corner and cut real well. Uh, I just, like I said, couldn't ask for a better team and a better amount of equipment I had there. It was just excellent run. We're really happy with it, at least I am. Ted Musgrave, the rest of the crew, all smiles. The family channel Ford comes home in sixth this afternoon. And we have Rusty Wallace, who finished fifth today. Rusty, you got up to second in the position to see if you could deal with Ernie Irvin, but it wasn't be to be today. No, Ernie had a great car today. He just blew us off. I mean, that's all there was to it. I mean, it was a, it was a, cast, a classic case of getting your rear end whipped today by him. He flat put it on us. But uh, this is a brand-new car, uh, new engine, new body, new road race design. I didn't test it, and it just wasn't as fast as I wanted it to be. And so now i got to go back. We've got a big three-day test coming up at Watkins Glen, and we'll run a couple different cars we have, specialized road race cars. You get something fast and get it right next time. You talk about being off a little bit. Where did they have you beat today mostly? I, I was really getting beat up off the corners. Uh, I was getting beat all the way around the racetrack. At one point there, when I was running in front of Earnhardt, I had a pretty good car. I, in fact, I, I came in, I did a little air pressure work, and I thought I'd get better. And, boy, I got, so, I got really sliding around big time then. And I just at, right at the end of the race, I was losing ground fast. But before that... Uh, I was okay. This last set of tires just did not hook up. Fifth place finish for Rusty Wallace. 
So Jeff Bodine finishing second behind Ernie Irvin. Then you've got third place finisher Dale Earnhardt. Fourth, Wally Dallenbach, and the man we've just heard from, Rusty Wallace, coming home in fifth spot. Let's continue our look at the rundown for you. Sixth today will go to Ted Musgrave. Morgan Shepard finishes seventh. Mark Martin came battling back to take home eighth place. Ninth goes to Ken Schrader. And Harry Gant in his final Winston Cup race here at Sears Point finishes tenth. Eleventh goes to Kyle Petty with Dale Jarrett finishing twelfth. Thirteenth was Brett Bodine. 14th, Ricky Rudd, and 15th, a good run for Jeff Burton. Michael Walchip finishes 16th. Bobby Labonte was 17th. Darrell Walchip comes home 18th. 19th belongs to John Andretti. And 20th spot is Hutt Strickland. 21st today, a solid run for Chuck Bowne. 22nd is Joe Nimichek. Finishing 23rd will be the Mike Wallace car. 24th will be Greg Sachs, and Dave Marcus is 25th. 26th is Jimmy Spencer. Finishing 27th, the highest finishing Winston West regular. That's Butch Gilliland in 28th spot today is Terry Labonte with 29th going to Sterling Marlin and Bill Elliott finishing 30th. 31st is Mike Chase. Lake Speed finishes 32nd. 33rd is Bobby Hamilton. Rick Mast finished 34th. 35th is Steve Grissom in 36th position will be Ward Burton. Coming home 37th, Jeff Gordon. Todd Bodine finishes 38th. 39th, Ron Hornaday Jr. And 40th is Gary Collins. 41st, Rick Corelli. In 42nd, John Krebs. And first out of the event, 43rd place finisher today will be Derek Cope. We do want to congratulate some other drivers around the NASCAR Winston Racing Series who had good weekends at the Jacks Raceways in Jacksonville, Florida. Donnie Hall got the win ahead of Terry Mock and Chuck Cheedy. Huntsville Motor Speedway in Huntsville, Alabama. Ronald Walls picked up the victory in the late model stock car race ahead of Gary Wade Finley and Rod Guy. The Southside Speedway in Richmond, Virginia in the NASCAR Winston Racing Series had Wayne Patterson getting the win over Shane Lockhart and Eddie Johnson in their late model stock event. In the Sportsman Modifieds, the Big Diamond Raceway in Forestville, Pennsylvania had Craig Van Doren going to victory lane ahead of Scott Halls and Keith Hoffman. The Kalamazoo Speedway in Michigan ran a 100 lap late model race. Andy Bozell, the current point leader, winning there. The Watsonville Speedway out here in Watsonville, California, ran the Grand American Modifieds. Dave Bird from Los Gatos, California, got the victory over Steve Hendren and Ken Knott. So our congratulations to all of those drivers and everybody around the NASCAR Winston Racing Series who posted victories this weekend. Coming up this week, another busy week here on MRN Radio. Weekday mornings, Ned Jarrett will be along with his world of racing. Weekday afternoons, Alan Bestwick will host our five-minute daily news show, NASCAR Today. Tuesday evening, we'll open up the phone lines to you. We'll talk with a number of drivers and wrap up this weekend's activities while previewing the Winston Select next weekend. That's NASCAR Live Tuesday evening at 7 o'clock Eastern Time. And then our weekend coverage begins on Friday. We'll have bush pole updates beginning at 7.10 Eastern Time Friday night from the Charlotte Motor Speedway as the field is set for the Winston Select NASCAR's All-Star Race. And then we'll have the race for you Saturday evening at 7.30 Eastern Time. And then Sunday, one week from today, We'll head out to the NASCAR Bush Series race in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. The Meridian Advantage 200, 1 o'clock Eastern time next Sunday. So it's a big weekend of racing. Saturday from the Winston Select and Sunday the Bush Cars in Nazareth, Pennsylvania. Ticket offices are open right now at all of those racetracks. We want to thank Martha Oliver and Patsy Herman. They were on the scoring loop today, making our job so much easier. Our production assistant was Eddie LaRue. Of course, the voices you heard covering the action today. 
Joe Moore, Fred Armstrong, Alan Bestwick, and Dan Hubbard around the turns. Our pit coverage today from Jim Phillips and Winston Kelly. I'm Eli Gold, thanking you so much for joining us here today, and our congratulations to the entire Robert Yates Racing team. Ernie Irvin ends up in victory lane and pads his Winston Cup point lead to 40 points heading into next weekend's activities. Until then, for all of us here at MRN, Eli Gold, so long from Northern California. MRN Radio, coverage of the NASCAR Winston Cup Series has come to you from the Sears Point International Raceway and sponsored by Pontiac and your local Pontiac dealer. Pontiac, we are driving excitement. By Western Auto, the official auto parts and service store of NASCAR. By STP, makers of STP Super Concentrated Fuel Injector Cleaner. STP, drive a better car. By Anheuser-Busch, brewers of smooth bush beer and easy drinking bush light. By Unical and your local 76 dealers who invite you to go with a spirit of seven by Heilig Myers Furniture. At Heilig Myers, we furnish America. By Wix Filters, you'll find them at professional auto parts stores and on Dale Jarrett's car. By True Value, see your True Value hardware store. Help is just around the corner. By Finish Line Collectible Cards, the hottest look in racing collectibles. And by McDonald's, for a hot breakfast that won't slow you down, drive through McDonald's, the best start in racing. The executive producer of MRN Radio is John McMullen. Associate producer, Alan Bestwick. Chief engineer, Harry Howard. Production director, Clay Stalka. Affiliate Relations, David Hyatt, Cheryl Knight, and Stephanie Ellis. Production assistants, Clark Moore, Sandy Good, and Sherry Owen. This is Rick Lewis. This broadcast was a production of MRN Radio, a division of International Speedway Corporation, celebrating 25 years of great NASCAR racing coverage. This has been MRN Classic Races, presented by Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR, and brought to you by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. Join us every Thursday for more classic races from the MRN Vault.